today on the Gamers for Life podcast, we're going to be celebrating our 100th episode today. Uh, some GameStop news, uh, some PC gamer news regarding to the RTX 300, chat, B- chat GPT being uh, the video game savior or the horror that will ruin the industry, all coming up here at the Gamers for Life podcast. Yeah, sports totally different you have to wait maybe a day or two just for an update and i was like great yeah john and i were looking at we're looking forward to play gears we get back into the gears 5 campaign and that we're playing through and it's like yeah and it's like 26 gigabyte update fuck (laughs) (laughs) oh this is a really huge uh story here uh and i know arthur you were wait 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 Sorry, oh, I was in the bathroom. I, I was expecting a longer break. <laughs> God damn it, Preston. I was in the bathroom for the past couple minutes. I'm, keep, I'm, keep, I'm keeping this, and we're going to cut back. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> a graduate of Google University, trust me, and I've been Googling, like, gaming podcasts all over the place. And this is the first one I ran across that I can actually listen to every single week, like, faithfully, and be looking forward to new episodes. So congrats to y'all, man. Welcome to the 100th episode of The Gamers for Life Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Happy 100th episode of the Gamers Life Podcast each and every Friday slash Saturday discussing all things games. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrell. With me is my co-host, one of my co-hosts, Arthur Thomas. Arthur, we made it, man. Episode Hondo. Yeah. Numero <laughs> I was I was worried I wasn't going to make it. I woke up, almost called, it, called out of work. Um, I was sick. I was losing weight. I didn't want to lose weight. And my body's like, nope, you're going to keep losing weight. Am I done yet? Nope. You get back to that bathroom, but <laughs> hey, man, I'm a two hey, two time COVID survivor. This don't this stomach again, stomach virus got nothing on me. Let's go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and of course, joining us is my man Church in the building. Joining us here as we all celebrate the 100th episode. What's going on, man? Hey, what up? Feels great to be here. You know, I put a lot of effort in the years on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get this w, <laughs> yeah, to get this w. <laughs> um but no man i'm doing good i'm excited for today's episode um still playing halo uh yeah. but other than that just uh living life man doing good so we definitely have to get into that and i'll sign the docket but we, we we missed that the last episode so we need to see what the fuck happened <laughs> between now and then but uh Man, yeah, before I go into the shenanigans, man, uh, Arthur, our first episode was September 17th, 2020, man. Hey, it's crazy, man. right? It's crazy, and uh, half it was about 24 minutes, and 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 uh, we shared a myriad of stories, one of them being a just weird GameStop stories of uh, bomb threats and the guy that uh, wanted to see the list of PS2 games and we printed out hand to him and he asked us, you expect me to read this shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's how lists work, my guy. It's like, hey, can you give me food? You expect me to eat this? That's how food works. That's how work. That's how lists work. You read that. Oh, man. But, but, and not yeah. in GameStop in Lone Beach. Yeah, yeah. But I guess just to ask, just to ask you as far, you know, since uh, you were, you were uh, in the trenches with me from the start, just... What are your what are your overall thoughts, man, on, on the doing the pod this long and 
you know, so what are your, what are your thoughts on doing it and how you feel about it? It's been fun. I get to see your fuzzy, fa- your fuzzy, beautiful face every week. Um, minus the bi- <laughs> minus the, the bye weeks or something where something comes up or one of us gets sick. Usually me. Um, but yeah, been, like I said, it's been fun. You know, back in old GameStop days where it's like, it's like, hey, this is Drew. It's like kind of Step Brothers. It's like, what? Did we just become best friends? Okay. <laughs> um, so I mean, because because it's because it's been you know for a while back, you know, every time you and I hang out, you know, as someone say, we just you know shoot the shit. And I think my favorite pastime is just making you laugh, just saying something stupid, just off the cusp that my my the unfiltered you know the unfiltered part of my brain that is itself to just have a wild hot take or response to just make drill laugh is i think my favorite pastime <laughs> you definitely have done that most definitely and then for you church you know it's it's funny because i'm always very uh very cautious on who i i include on creative processes and whatnot and uh you've shown a great deal of uh just uh just uh how you presenting topics and and you know and uh and articulating points and just being a, a real great uh third mic you know originally third mic before you're officially co-host you know uh really just uh some great episodes right great episodes and a lot of the a lot of the the little clips that we showed on the instagram uh at least one of those three clips were ones where you were a part you know of the, of the show so uh I guess definitely. I just want to say, you know, we, we definitely appreciate you being a part of the crew and, you know, um, I'm glad you're able to share the, or celebrate with us for the hundredth episode, man. Just say how it is. You need to for the sex appeal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've realized our our female (laughs) listenership has gone up 20% after (laughs) she joined on a Y. (laughs) I do what I can. (laughs) They're they're here. They're they're here for that fuzz on his face too. (laughs) No, man, I'm happy to be here. You know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I guess officially became a co-host like a few weeks back. Has it been a month? Maybe a little bit? I don't know. I, there's I a track of time. I think we're stretching past the month, I believe. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Felt honored for the uh, invitation and even more honored to accept. And it's, it's just been a fun time. You know, I just love talking video games and love talking to even more with you good too, you know, every week. So um, I'm happy to be here. And, you know, congratulations because... You guys paved this road, you know, for all the years that led up to the hundred episodes. So appreciate it. It's awesome. Well, the feeling is mutual. Feeling is mutual, definitely. Uh, And if you are watching this and are listening to this, hello. Be sure to like and subscribe here on the channel for the YouTube for the Games for Life podcast. Definitely appreciate that. A lot of great episodes. Uh, yeah, hit that notification bell. Uh, and then if you are listening to this, be sure to, to follow the podcast on the uh, podcast application of your choice, whether it being uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And uh, all things Gamers for Life, such as Arthur doing the streams on the YouTube channel or what have you. Uh, one day we'll probably do some some live YouTube uh, episodes. I would like to try to do that in these uh, upcoming, uh, the next 100 uh, episodes for Gamers for Life podcast. But uh, all other things Gamers for Life you want to check out, go to linktree.com forward slash Gamers for Life, uh, the number four life. Uh, and then here at the Gamers Live Podcast, we read the news while you can watch or listen to what you choose by clicking on the links to the time code within the description of the episode. Uh, so you can just go to what you exactly want to listen to, or you can just hang out with us here at the Gamers for Life Podcast. Uh, and before we get started, because uh, like, like I said, I wanted to revisit this topic because uh, Church, you, you're such an ad, you're just an advocate for Halo, and you were so so disappointed when, and like the rest of us, <laughs> when Halo Infinite. 
uh, pulled that fuck shit that it did. <laughs> but then we hear that you are playing the game again. Uh, walk us through what's going on, man. What's what, What's been pulling you back? Yeah, I mean, curiosity more than anything. Um, it, it's one of those great things when it comes to Game Pass Plug um, because it doesn't cost me anything to play Halo Infinite. So they had a new Season 3 finally after like a year and some chains of release, we finally got to season three. We had a in-between season called like the winter break between two and three. So season three, the new trailer stopped. Um, they finally have an XP system for like owning experience after a match. I know that's like a, a new thing when it comes to online video games, I guess. So, um, so I was just more than curious to come in. And initially, you know, it felt good. I'm like, yo, this is fun game to play you know it's still a sweaty halo you know big team battle finally works also you can finally get into a match um there's some new maps so i was experiencing a lot of things new um because i haven't played the game in a long time but in my third match boom the game crashes i was like uh oh this isn't a good got back oh. in fourth match the game crashes again Dang. so i finally it was just hard to play because it still has some bugs we still have the core systems and the shop has gotten better. Everything costs less. Like you could spend $20 on a pack of like 22 items now. So like that's kind of like a dollar an item for everything you get in the pack. You know, you're still buying colors. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a buck for everything, you know, but you could determine how much money that costs. And the battle pass, man, because of the additional XP, you're just breezing through it. You know, you play like 30 to 45 minutes of the game, you're going up 15 or 20 levels. Like I can say in a week and if you grind it out, you can complete the battle pass if you want to. I, I got it because I still had money into the account. So I put the extra $10 in Halo Infinite. You know, you can keep the battle pass as long as you have the game and never expire. So it's a good investment, but it, it still has the problems, man. It still upsets me because it's like it's um, Microsoft's flagship. They, they, they fumbled the back. And then it's like you hear all those reports that the engine's moving over to Unreal now. So I'm like, how much longer are they even going to end? You know, how much longer are they going to support Infinite? You know, going forward. Um, so it, it's worrisome. The good thing about the game, the gameplay is still pretty solid when it works. The narrative story for the season is pretty good. I'm actually interested. They had a great cinematic intro. Um, it's like this fraction called Lone Wolves um, in season two. They came back to your base. You know, there's a rogue AI from the Brutes. He finally wakes up and you get like a new weapon. So they're integrating additional uh, sandbox weapons introduced through it narratively. Um, so like the new weapons in the game, it's because it's part of the story because you get it from the dude. And now you hunting other people because you, you need to train with it. And I think there's rumors of infection <laughs> finally being added to the game. Hmm. And I think it's going to come in case of like, yeah, basically an AI is like um, hacking your teammates' bodies and you become like an Android type stuff. So it's like a spin on it. So I appreciate that they're having a fresh spin in introducing game modes that we already know. But at the same time, why do we got to wait for these game modes since they've been around since the original halo um, right that's a good point yeah man um i don't think it's worth for anybody to come back man at this time there's not enough to hold you there still has some of the same problems desync is still an issue 
sometimes my shots are not registering. It's just, you know, I, I cried for the times of what could have been, you right. know, I'll come back in season, season four, man, to see <laughs> if it gets any better, bro. It don't cost me a dime. So, yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. They're not, they're not uh, working on co-op anymore for the game. Right. Or, or is that going to be coming out in a future, in a future, uh, well, a future season? Well, I think you mean in terms of co-op for the story mode? Yeah. I think that that has come out. That's one of the things I didn't try out. Okay. It was supposed to hit back late September. I don't know if co-op is happening. Yeah. I did hear that they're not doing any DLC for the campaign. So mm. you, there's no story mode coming anytime soon. So it's all multiplayer focus. Um, that's mm. that's what I know. So, okay. Interesting. But if co-op still doesn't work, man, shame on them. Bro. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, as of three days ago from, from Newsledge, it's still coming is, oh. is is the announcement the announcement three days ago i was recording this oh, wow. hey guys you know halo cooperative hey two years after launch still coming it's on the way Jeez. okay Bro, I, I mean, oh i'm sorry go ahead no i was like who even cares at this point man like right. the team is a skeleton crew walking on it basically cooperative i don't think it's ever come it's going to come it's not going to that's not going to make the money you know, the multiplayer is what's going to be engaging and, you know, lead you to that shop, bro. But right. maybe that's they the do most, it in, yeah. in terms of good faith. Uh, yeah. Good faith, man. I don't know. And, and that's a great point that you make there, Church. And I feel it to me, it's sad that it's obvious for probably the main reason why they haven't worked on the co-op. Because you're like, this is probably, this is, well, it's a fact, right? It's not going to be nearly as profitable versus working on the multiplayer where people can spend extra money on you know skins or whatever the case may be and and, and i i do i do think it's sad that that um they're not doing it just for the sake of you know that's how the game has been for years and years it's one of the biggest things where people can enjoy their time working on you're playing you know co-op with their friends i remember when um when I was playing the game, this is what, you know, I mean, I stopped playing the game, but when I first was playing the game, one of the big issues was uh, you weren't able to play through the, a level more than once, and that was the campaign. I'm sure they fixed that by now, yeah. but... But yeah, man. Obviously, you know the the main the main focus for three four three was profitability, i.e., multiplayer, and it's just kind of sad. It's sad that that's the case. You know what I mean? Sad, infuriating, yeah. annoying, yeah. frustrating. Yeah, sad. sad. <laughs> well, they got forge. I mean, they finally have forge into the game. Okay. Um, you no, can't. don't don't they don't get a pass. They don't get a they don't get an asterisk. <laughs> There's no game browser, so it's hard to find like particular forge levels you want. Mm. There is they integrate some maps. There's forge, dude. but no browser. I know, bro. It's, it's dude. So what bad. is this? Microsoft Edge? Like, come on. <laughs> the theater mode finally works, where you can see, actually see footage of the games you record. It's been broken since launch, so mm. it works for now. But, but dude, I mean, I, sorry dude. to cut you off. I'm I'm just like bro. you're just. I don't know what if curiosity is the only thing that brought you back to Halo. Yo, kill the cat. Like <laughs> no. it's still in the box, man. I'm trying to see the lizard <laughs> dies. <laughs> well, I'm glad you were able to go in there and tell us, hey, it's this it's not worth it coming back. So. Dude, I, I don't know how to spell Schrodinger. The cat's dead. Okay. <laughs> it just it hurts me because it's like I'll be playing a lot of FF14. So to go from a game that's amazing, I haven't experienced one bug in that game so far. And just everything's put together and then go back to Halo. It's like, damn, man, this is 
this is really incomplete. There's like nothing here <laughs> still. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> there's yeah. no, there's no, there's no infection. There's no cooperative campaign. Yeah, because that sounds like Halo. Because that's what Halo's known for. <laughs> not having a theater mode, not being able to play, not be able to replay, not not be able to replay campaign sections. Yeah, this is Halo. What do you guys mm-hmm. talk about? Yeah. Uh, I I am. Yeah, I it, Bro, they I, have I, like nine maps and they decided to introduce rotating maps. So now you play with even less maps. So those some maps that launched at the beginning of the game, you can't even get until they decided to add it back in rotation just because man um it's it's a struggle so that is crazy that is wild remember (laughs) remember halo will survive this game (laughs) (laughs) dude like no one (sighs) and speaking of things that will survive that's right baby i'm doing my segues again Uh, (laughs) speaking of things that will survive one of the first stories here today is a very interesting article here that says titled GameStop is profitable for the first time in years, but at whose expense? So let me read this here according to MSN.com. It says here, quote, GameStop made money in the last quarter of 2022, something it hasn't done in years. The surprising financial results were posted Wednesday with the company reporting $48.2 million in profit. GameStop lost $147.5 million during the same period last year uh, for reference, but ironically made more sales during that time. How did GameStop make money this quarter even with less sales? The company has drastically cut costs, sometimes at the detriment of its workers, GameStop uh, staff told Polygon. Uh, Continuing says here that GameStop is a much healthier business today than it was at the start of 2021. CEO Matt Furlong who made nearly uh, $17 million, roughly uh, the third of the Q4's 2022 profit in 2021. The shocking profit report caused GameStop stocks to jump 35% on Wednesday. Since Furlong credited that GameStop's profitability to its growing uh, collectibles business alongside improvements to its online storefront and shipping capabilities, but the profit is more likely tied to GameStop's massive drop in operating costs due to layoffs, store closures, and reduced hours for employees. Says here, this pivot obviously included headcount reductions as we streamlined the operations and cultivated a fast-paced, intense operating environment, gearing towards cost containment, efficiency, and profitability. Furlong said, Furlong expects to continue to aggressively cut costs into 2023 and beyond. Europe, in particular, is one market where GameStop plan to cut costs. Furlong said the company's already started to wind down in quote business in some countries, and I will in there end quote so it's interesting it's kind of like they almost try to mislead by by you know people thinking like oh people are just coming back and they're trading in their stuff and they're buying used and they're back on the board when in reality they're they're closing stores they're playing off people you know they're cutting off these things that to for their overhead and, and, and surprise profitability shows up i know i i, I know uh, i read somewhere that said that one of the the GameStops in Ireland, like the entire fucking region, like they're gonna close down, you know, which is which is crazy. Um, but sad day in the sense to me in general, because obviously people's jobs lost is something that uh, is a no funsy. Um, but what what are your what are your thoughts, Arthur? It's just one of those things where the house is still burning, right? But it hasn't fully uh, burned down. I'm I'm mixed about GameStop because the memories of the culture is there. Any gamer has GameStop or ABG 
EB Games memories of minute launches. At one point, you and I were in charge of minute launches from our store. You know, you and I tell the story years, years later, people still remember us for GameStop because we did our best and we succeeded in making that corporate GameStop store feel like the mom and pop place. Like, man, yo, yo, GTA is coming out. You better be a GameStop on Tuesday night because Joe and Arthur are popping it off. Like we did. We killed it. But like, you know. But the other thing is on the backside, you know, on the employee side, there is a reason that why that game, that company is voted top 10, top five worst companies to work for year after year after year. So it's one of those things. It's one of those things where on the bigger end, you know, people like, you know, people like it, it's going to go to, but in the employee end, we didn't uh, play in a lot of people didn't like it. And now with this, again, with this article or like the face value of profit, again, they save money from overhead costs by massive layoffs. Because they don't know how to manage their company. They thought they did something because they were a meme to buy their stock to shut down a hedge fund company. And now they're just Funko Pop the store. So, um, um, I, you know, it sucks for all the people, you know, all the people that, you know, that got, that got laid off because that got laid off because of this. If they were like me to a point, I wish them like, up to a point a deserved vacation because when i got laid off from covid from my job after the first week i was like oh man i forgot what it's like to have time off and so i hope the upside to summer for a lot of those overworked employees they get they get that though that scary feeling of waking up with unemployed but knowing they're not going to be stressed out of work day in day out like like it was and to all those people that that stuck it out those managers agms and key holders that stuck it out until they're laid off. Oh, I feel for that, man, because, you know, Jill, you and I were there when we were overworked at it, as it was. And again, for, for context church, the store we were at was the second busiest in Southern California. So we were in it. The only, the only GameStop that was busier, busier than us was Irvine because they're across the street from the blizzard campus, the number yeah. two busiest GameStop in Southern California. I was us and we handled it. And so, but again, for people that were holding out, Onto that, I can only imagine how overworked they were in the tail end of it before those layoffs. Yeah. So, what did you guys look at in LA? Was it uh, like Gold City or downtown Long Beach? Downtown Long, Long Beach. Beach. Downtown Long yeah. Beach. And we were busy because of two reasons: the Blue Line and the Walmart. Wal- the Blue the Blue God Line. Damn the Blue Line, bro! You the, get the, all kinds of monsters. <laughs> Dude. Right, for real. Dude, I I still watch some like world hip hop videos. I'm like, oh, there's my store in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know so again my, my thing is like i'm upset they say record you know or not record but profit well it's like well that's I mean, hey you know if you, if you stop paying people yeah you might you save some money but you know so it's like a mix because it's like for me you know talk about church being a dead horse for playing halo i'm like games gamestop as a company circling the drain because they don't know what to do with the business the business is changing and they're trying to shift over to be a physical you know collectible pop funko pop store it's like oh you want this funko pop you can only get a gamestop you want this thing you can only get in gamestop um so yeah again mixed emotion mixed emotion with this i'm angry at the face value article titles a lot for a lot of these but i'm glad you know like pc gamer and a lot of people are of course addressing it's mainly because of layoffs um, which I'm happy that that's also making light too of, of why, you know, how is GameStop profitable? They're laying a ton of people off. Yeah. And I think, uh, before I toss it back to you or toss to you church, it, the, the, the more I, I think about these things and obviously just kind of like our time with the company, I just kind of feel like it's, it's, 
it's a medium where even if they had the best intentions in mind where it wasn't so you know obviously where some of their agendas as far as okay well that doesn't really make any sense that doesn't make any sense even if they made all the right moves part of me is wondering if the if if the if if this is just meant to burn down because of the type of medium that it's in you know what i mean it's like blockbuster making all the right decisions except for you know the digital <laughs> you yeah. know it's like it's like it's like you know it's just like you know netflix said king me you know <laughs> they just they just play checkers better than, than than blockbuster did um you know so part of me wonders if this is just inevitable basically is my point um regardless of how well they played their cards but uh what are your thoughts church i mean yeah i mean i, I always feel it's never it's never a good thing when people lose their jobs right so people that still working for the company because they have ends meets like my heart goes out to them but um but my opinion about gamestop is i kind of want them to succeed for selfish reasons um i think it's i know they have to show the you know shareholders that they're profitable but the way i look at it i want gamestop to win because i want to buy cheap games you know we, i mean you guys love digital right everything's digital or streaming for you guys but, you know, that comes at a cost of either subscription or you buy your games digitally. And those markets are controlled by Microsoft or Sony. You know, it's like they control what the price is. Um, there's a lot of times when I see a sale on PlayStation, something drops down to $40. I go to GameStop, it's like $3. You know, so I I, I need want the third party market to give gamers more options. And that's why I want them to succeed. But they're having an identity crisis. They're trying to find the foothold here. They're a pawn shop. They do, it seems like they do everything besides sales games anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, you want to buy used iPhones? GameStop's right? got you. Every, everything, man, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's becoming more of a hassle to go there because you have to... Because I think in California, it's a pawn shop. You either do a fingerprint read or two to turn something in. Yeah. Yep. You have all this information. I'm like, yo, I'm just... I'm just trying to buy something. I don't want to go through this, you know. It's... Sure, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, and that's and that's what the failing to understand because Blockbuster, in my opinion, underestimated people's willingness to do something for convenience. People go to Netflix or order online because it's convenient. I don't have yeah. to leave my house; it comes to my door. Now you're making it even more inconvenient for me when I get into the store. Right. Like it, it's it, it's not working. Um, yeah. So it sucks. I think it's it's kind of shitty that they have to boost the numbers by firing people, you know, to make it seem like they're doing good. But like, it's it's the halo of stores, I guess. So man, that <laughs> <laughs> this is broken in many places, man. Yeah. It's like fond fond, fond, fond fond memories, but what it's become is a shell of itself. Um, you know, even I was still saying, I was still saying, I feel like, like it's always the same, right? Is it a shell of itself? It's just. Or it has a change. What do you think, Arthur? Like, I don't know. Because my thing is, my thing is like, dude, day one when I found out you can digitally pre-order games and not have to like as much. Again, same like you know, like it's almost like an oxymoron. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm like debating myself here because I was saying like, yeah, we host them in at launches, but we'll talk. Whether whether I was a customer in at launch or working in at launch, to you know, go home, install the game. What's the phrase we all hate? day one patch and it's like you it's so all also now you tell me i can avoid all that by downloading this full base game the second i purchase it weeks months before it even drops so that even if 
there is a day one patch i'm still ahead of it and now you know with the xbox i assume playstation playstation has their version version of a setting where i can have it the xbox download while it's in sleep mode it downloads even faster and i'm like um, and again, you know, mentioning again, mentioning our store option A was like walking through our parking, walking through our parking lot or the blue line stop section at night or staying home. I'm staying home. <laughs> so the convenience of it was the convenience of for me, like day one downloading for me, like both that was at the walls at GameStop. So like while my GameStop, I'm like, I even mean, I'm trying to figure out why are we why are we having codes available? Because GameStop has computer codes, all these codes. So we i was like early on telling people we need to figure out a way to get um pre-orders or midnight launches as a code um rather than disc for the install time because for those you know if i haven't done it in, a, in years but for those of you that stay on playing disc you know install time um you know especially as sony customers sony was not known for great disc install times at all no, um dude. so that was like so that was a for, for me that was the first big domino of many to fall yeah ps3 was, how, PS3 was undoubtedly the worst definitely the, the jet engine roar <laughs> yeah. of, of that um so i i just remember for me like well during my time there that was one of the biggest dominoes to fall of gamestop not realizing um how popular and the immediate potential of digital was going to be especially for the pre-order situation well, yeah I, Oh, it's go one ahead. of those things that, like, I don't know how much is, how can we blame GameStop? Like, I feel like that requires the cooperation of, like, a PlayStation or Microsoft to be able to, here's the access codes for digital, you know, you know, pre-order-wise, that it goes in sync. Like, I don't I, I don't think there's really much business of zen, uh, incentive if you're trying to corner the market of how you sell your software, basically, a little bit. Like, everybody's coming to your market store. Um, so I don't know how much of that is get to GameStop, right? But at the same time, it's like it's something that I wish they had. They they need something to incentivize us to go into the store or to wait an extra day to pick up a game. Um, yeah. And I I just don't know. I don't have an answer for that. So that that, that goes to like what Joel was saying. Um, and Joel, I agree with you real quick. The, one thing I was gonna say is that that goes to what Joel was saying. It's like. It, to a point, at least that industry, that industry, that medium change, it's like, you're right. It's not exactly GameStop's fault. So my thing is like, it's like the freehand of the market. Sometimes the freehand of the market feeds you and sometimes it backhands you across the face without warning you. Yeah, and that's yeah. what kind of that shift that the industry was. That, yeah, that when Drell was, that's what I was thinking about. That's what I was thinking about when Drell was saying that. I'm like, yeah, the freehand of the market. Oh, that's an economic term. Yeah, except it backhands you. It's not an economic book, but that's the reality of the business. Yeah, you know, things shift all the time and They've just been trying to get get the balance or get their equilibrium back, and they just haven't. So. Yeah, I think what happened, it, it just at least from my experience managing multiple stores um, for GameStop, the I think GameStop got too greedy. And when I say they got too greedy, is that they kind of went through a Starbucks phase. So, for instance, you know, um, it's like having multiple Starbucks locations on the same street, right? So it's like first you have one store which you know is profiting, you know, doing great. For GameStop, the company, one of the best years was 2007. Um, it was a huge year. I think Modern Warfare 4 came out. Uh, GameStops were profiting across the country, um, but then they started to build more stores. And I think as they built more stores, uh, and as sales declined and people weren't walking in GameStops as much. 
Um, you know, obviously this they, they're stuck with this overhead. Even when they tried the GameStop credit card, I feel like they weren't really knowledgeable in it. And a lot of people weren't paying off the card. They just max it out and throw away the receipt, not even create the account. And, and then they're just left with this debt. Um, so there is a lot of things that they weren't experiencing as well that, that they just suffered a huge fixed cost. Um, but I think also the, the Starbucks theory where you have multiple Starbucks in the same street where obviously one of them has got to close and it's happened a lot. Uh, I think GameStop suffered that as well. I feel like GameStop should have always been a more centralized type of company where there isn't as many, you know what I mean? So imagine if, imagine if they didn't have as many, uh, GameStop locations on streets or in, in places where it's like, eh, probably wouldn't make sense to build one here and here and here. You know, I think it's got too greedy. They built too many in different locations, and and I think it suffered a lot. I, I worked in a lot of stores that are not here anymore. You know what I mean? So, and it makes sense why they aren't there. Unfortunately, you know what I mean. But it's just like it's kind of one part of my my point as far as this. I think they just built too many locations. Obviously, like you guys said, I agree with you when it comes to a technology basis. That's not GameStop's fault. That's just how that's just how the society has changed as far as how they want to play certain games and whatnot. GameStop can't control that. Um, but as far as to what you said, Church, as far as, you know, you have a lot, you know, there's a large demo where some people, they just want to buy a cheap game and play, you know, play with their brothers or cousins or whatever. Uh, and buy controllers, and that's really where that profit used to be before they invested in the pop, the uh, Funko Pops, and all that shit. The profit was was used, obviously, right? The, pre, yeah. the pre-owned was a hundred percent ROI. It was the, yeah. The, the pre uh, GameStop selling a pre-owned item, hundred percent GameStop profit. Whereas, yeah. like, what brand new consoles was like, if anything, like every for every console they sell, they made like what forty bucks? bucks or some yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. But um. Yeah. And I'll say, see, speaking of specials, church, like, it, but hey, you guys want to save save money, uh, like wait one or two days after a new game comes out, go to some GameStops. They, I promise you, <laughs> there will be like ten used copies. I remember having to tell multiple people that just happened to have 10, 20 copies sealed magically of a brand new game hours after it came out, trying to sell me like. 10 gta 5 sealed all brand new with certain like stickers removed and i'm like two things are gamestop policy i don't know if it's changed as a policy years ago uh short or short version gamestop's offense <laughs> you say pawn shop gamestop's offense um especially in our area so the policy at the time was we couldn't take sealed items because that was like a theft thing yeah um yeah. and two we couldn't take it until like um 24 hours after launch or something like that but i still remember what was that Willem Dafoe game with that guy that makes movies but games? Beyond Two Souls or something? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Beyond Two Souls. Quantum Dreams. Yeah. Quantum Dreams. Yeah, Thank you. Beyond Quantum. Two Souls, right? That game comes out on Tuesday, Tuesday night, right? Wednesday morning, I'm opening store. Guy opens his backpack. Boom. Like 10 copies of Xbox, <laughs> 10 copies of Sony Places. I'm here to sell these games. And I'm like, dude, you got to come back tomorrow and you have to be open. What? Policy, man. So, so yeah. So real quick, yeah. the church stating you guys want to save money, uh, go to GameStop a day or two after a game comes out. You might see some uh, brand new, quote unquote, sealed, never before touched copies of a game. <laughs> That's true, man. Because like yeah. I, you know, I know some people that had you know friends in the game industry, and the company would give out free copies of the games, and you just you get these games for free. Don't cost you anything. You go to GameStop, 
turn it in for a credit and you buy a new game off of that money. You know, there was a hustle to it. Um, yeah. And I miss that, man, because, you know, it was a way to, you know, to to make some money to, um, mm. you know, get cheaper games. But then also, I think not only just the industry change from like hard copies, but like, I don't do they sell they don't sell hard copies of free to play games. Like if you take like games like Fortnite or Apex, which are like the massive focus what, what you see on Twitch. It's like, yo, that's that's not a physical copy of that game in a store you can buy what everybody wants to play. And because things are now like, you know, live games of a service, the idea is not to beat a game and turn it in because you're done with it. It's like it continues on. The the industry kind of shift for worse or better, who knows? But like, damn man. Um, I give GameStop like what? You guys, how many more years do you think? It's on your books. We should do a bet. <laughs> ah, I like that. <laughs> I say, I say two. I say this time, early, late winter, early spring, two thousand twenty-five. Dang. I really? think. I think. I think they got one, and maybe by the hair, chinny chin chin, two holiday seasons. Out. That's it. Um, I will say not to say the topic too much, but I will say they should put a focus into something a lot of people were talking about into like the first name of the company, game. Get in the tabletop, board games. They're all about collectibles. They're looking for a whale. Look for return bit. They're, they, right now they're looking for whales. That's what they're looking for. Shift from whales to return business. I know I have a friend who I say friend, I, it's one of the childhood friends I've spoken to you years. He owns his own business. And, he, and it's, it looks like it's very successful tabletop trading trading card uh, type of company, and um, and again speaking of whales, tabletop trading cards definitely have that. Um, so I I think I think GameStop should try to try to do something like that in terms of tabletop tabletop games under trading cards. And I know the kind of buzz of the Pokemon thing kind of has died down, but when it was peaking, man, dude, you couldn't like I couldn't turn on YouTube or any streaming service without people like what what game they're playing. They're opening trading card packs. You know what I mean? So, so again, so back to your thing. I'm expecting this time March ish, twenty five. Mm. I mean, go ahead, Drew. If you oh, had I was gonna say five years. I'm gonna say five. I think they're gonna. I think. Uh... Three years is a lot for everything to be completely done. Um, I'm going to say five. I do think there's going to be a pretty heavy dwindling within these two years, these next two years. But as far as them being uh, just a name of nostalgia, I think it's going to be it's going to be five years before they'll keep they'll like, keep keep them afloat. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're probably right. Or um, church. Me, fifteen. Yeah, I think two years <laughs> is a little bit too short. Yeah. Um, I I think I might go four years, twenty twenty seven. I I think I might go four. Four years is kind of what I'm feeling a little bit. Ooh, more. Price is Right rules. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Five dollars, Bob. Nah, nah. One dollar. Around this time, <laughs> it would be closed as well. I mean, I think Arthur has a good idea. If they, you know, I don't know if they want to like open the stores up to make put down tables or chairs and have a place to hang out. You know, for gamers like to meet up or something. I mean, that would be a cool experience, you know, but just change the entire thing. I think that's a good idea. Um, I I went to a game store like this last weekend to do Dungeons and Dragons. And it's like this big area. And we just had like this old castle and stuff. It was, it was pretty cool. And it was like, you know, tabletop games, board games. And that's it. Um, 
I think there's a market. Um, I don't know how profitable that market is, but you know, I don't know. Where yeah. you the figurine, the figurines market for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I think the only thing I can think of is there's a couple of things. The only thing I think of is one to really increase or improve their e-commerce. So obviously they have like ship to store or ship to the home or whatever, really increase it where obviously, you know, it won't be like an Alibaba or like an Amazon where it's just like, yeah, everyone's already through Amazon, but it's just being making it the easiest convenient thing possible and f and for there to be a guarantee of just products just to arrive and and be great like guitar center for instance i hate ordering things from guitar center <laughs> because <laughs> it takes so fucking long com in comparison to me just ordering something through amazon or through sweetwater through zounds where it's like i know it's gonna be there the next day and it's here and i'm a happy camper like guitar center is so goddamn long because of uh, where who they go through, and usually it's like ground U UPS, but it's just like I don't know where they're going, as far as for their where their for for their freight, but it's terrible. So if they're if they were able to really make it where it's just really fucking convenient, because the store does get a decent amount of profit for those those web in store orders, what they used to call them. So I think oh wow, that's a phrase brings it back. Web store. Yeah, yeah. I, I I made a web and store informer. I was one of the first people, if not the first, to make a web and store informer that to share across the company. Um, but uh I think that and then to have some exclusive like clothing things that people can buy. Because obviously clothes are some of the most profitable things, just period. Right. You know, it takes it takes 20 cents to make a shirt that you can sell for fifty dollars. Right. So clothes is some of the most profitable things to ever that you can ever sell in a store. But like sometimes there's like those really crazy exclusives like shoes. Like you were just talking about a couple in a few episodes ago, Arthur. Definitely. As far as like, yeah, but imagine like their shoes. Imagine their shoes that people will actually wear. <laughs> that aren't super ugly but like i remember there was like some playstation shoes like way back when that just looked fucking tight like super dope you know what i mean that people can buy a gamestop and it's like exclusive for a certain period of time like i would love to buy a, some some tekken 8 sneakers like let's go you know what i mean so like i think that might be something for them to lean into as well um uh because i think that stuff would sell you know Dude, what i mean Joel, do you i will say this speaking with the second you said clothes I forgot how much cool stuff we got from GameStop. I wish I sold. Yeah. I wish I saved some of it. I don't think I saved any of it. But to be fair, between my time at GameStop till now, I think I've moved about seven times. <laughs> yeah. And when you move, you just got you just got to trim the fat on some of your inventory of life. Um, my wife like... burned a lot of it, but <laughs> <laughs> dude, so I mean, game, dude, dude, GameStop I had like some two boxes, <laughs> right? <laughs> dude, GameStop had some legit employee-only stuff. Like, I still remember their Gears polo. That was a sick polo. Ah uh, man, yeah, yeah, but that was not for the public. <laughs> but that's yeah. but that's but that's what I'm saying. But that's probably, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if they, they do, make stuff they, like that for the public, they do they sell some shirts. I was in a GameStop. They do have clothing's in though. They had like some anime stuff too. They moved into the anime Good. style clothing as well. That's I mean, a smart we, lateral move. Yeah. yeah, you know now I think about it. I think GameStop might be around a little bit more than four years because, believe it or not, you know GameFly is still a thing. Really. Yeah, I was just I had GameFly like a uh, in twenty before I got the Xbox in twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. Who is this man? He plays Halo Infinite. He go, he 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 buy he buys no. pre-owned games from GameStop. He he uses GameFly. Dude, who where, who is buys this Google man? Stadia? <laughs> 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 
bro, for fifteen dollars a month, you can rent up to like two or three games, mm. and you just have them in your dock. It was like the cheaper version of buying and playing games and stuff. So it was a really good yeah. deal, and it's still going. That's and because crazy. like I was a member of GameFly, they had like exclusive ps5s it's like if you've been a member for gamefly for three years you have an opportunity to get the playstation 5 so they were just giving it out to the long-term members they had some benefits man and uh, i guess the point is like yo for something that i thought was dead <laughs> and my brother in 2019 put me on game he's like yo i've been having this since it it came out and i still had he still had it mm. um it, it's still going bro gamefly yeah. I mean, okay. hey, if you're a Sony customer, you, I won't. You won't hear me complaining about fifteen bucks a month. I mean, yeah. even I a red box, you're still. I dabble in all gaming areas, man. <laughs> no matter how much Game on fire, I go with no man that does in the gar in the garbage. <laughs> on fire it is. I will he's like I will fall the in that fire without some rain, man. That's all I'm saying. That's funny. Rain, <laughs> if, if, drowning, sewer water. <laughs> I mean, dude, uh, you guys had Xbox Ones for the longest time, man, and that that wasn't that wasn't it, play. <laughs> you know, that was a tough one. That was tough. Yeah, with games, with Game Pass, it was easy. But that <laughs> came into like a little bit later, right? Yeah. Oh, oh no, I did. I did. Well, I did. I did Xbox. I did Xbox One. Um, I did Xbox One. I did, I didn't buy Year One at all. I was I was late into it. Oh, you um, came in late. Yeah. 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 Even, Even um. Go ahead. I was gonna say, like, even like a, you mentioned GameFly, even like Redbox, like people still go to Redbox just to to order something and uh for like a game because it's just like it's like no strings attached, two dollars for like you know twenty four forty eight hours or whatever or however much it is, and then you just bring the disc back and you can bring it to any other location as long as it's brought back. So for someone like my brother, that's like perfect because like he doesn't want to subscribe to anything. He doesn't want to, you know, he just wants to buy the whatever the fuck he's buying, play it, and then give it back wherever wherever he's at, and that's it. You know, so for some folks like that, it's 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 incredibly convenient. I know for you know Arthur and I at downtown Long Beach, that was a huge issue where people would buy, well they they would rent a bunch of games, put a cardboard disc inside and return them, and then sell the 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 games to get the the, the oh, games yeah. to GameStop are like oh shit you know like I like I said GameStop was a fence and Redbox <laughs> Redbox Walmart if you're missing some of your inventory I know where it went <laughs> I, <Let's... laughs> I'm just I, we we all knew we all yeah. knew exactly where Redbox put its stickers on a game so if you yeah. see like scratches or like scuffs on the front of a disc you know this is a Redbox game. Yeah, I remember too. There was even a dude that worked at the Walmart across from our store, and we would just randomly see like a couple of dudes bringing a bunch of pink new controllers with the silicon, and we're just like, "Oh yeah, can't say anything, but I'm pretty sure this is extortion." Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, dude, fuck, I don't want to take this in. But the br those brand new was it? Either, was it the Wii or the Wii U? Wii, um, yeah, Wii, the Wii, yeah. the Wii U, the brand new yeah. Luigi. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The peach pink, Luigi green, Mario blue controllers. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had plenty of those pre-owned 24 <laughs> hours after sale. At 24 hours at the launch, we had plenty of those suckers, dude. Yeah, shit fell off the truck, and uh, homie that works at Walmart is like, "Yo, I got you." <laughs> fell off the truck, fell off the truck. Homie came up, you know, just <laughs> games. The GameStop had the place, man. Like, like it, I'm just, I'm just saying, like that 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 place of business may or may not be construed as a fence, but <laughs> after <laughs> a lot of <laughs> I'm just saying, X hours after launch unsealed, 
Who am mm-hmm. I to judge? Oh. Crazy. Who am I to ask? I'll say that. <laughs> Crazy stuff. So, um, so as far as uh, to as far as to go into the next topic here, don't have a segue for this. Sorry. Um, uh, I know uh, Church was playing Diablo uh, Four from the last episode, was giving us our, our uh, you know his thoughts on the matter. And uh, speaking of Diablo Four. Uh, unfortunately, some folks are having a really bad time with it. And these are specifically. I love, this. I love this story. I love this story. <laughs> <laughs> and, this, and this is specifically with folks that have the RTX 380 Ti uh, gaming graphics cards. Uh, so to go into more detail here, according to PCGamer.com, the headline says Blizzard and Nvidia investigating reports Diablo 4 is killing RTX 3080. TI GPUs says there's also something you can do right now to possibly help protect your graphics cards from a similar fate. Uh, and it looks like this is an update. I'll read this here. It says the DL4 team are investigating reports of the RTX 380 TI graphics cards crashing or dying while playing the game's closed beta. Customer report says Blizzard is, in quote, working closely with NVIDIA to identify affected hardware configurations and gather as many data points as possible to assist in the investigation, unquote. Uh, for affected users, team offers advice in a forum thread. Uh, if your card is still not working, try these troubleshooting steps, conduct a complete power cycle, AC off, AC on, and see if GPU can be detected under Windows. If GPU can be found under Windows, do a clean driver install. Uh, so it says, what appears to be an issue closely resembling when Amazon's MMO New World was bricking RTX 390 GPUs, the Diablo 4 beta appears to expose a potentially fatal flaw some high-end NVIDIA GPUs. Across Reddit in the Blizzard forums, users are reporting that during their beta, their monitors go black, GPU fans run full speed, and their systems restart. Sometimes these symptoms are also accompanied by an error code and a dead GPU, though not every time. It appears that most of these users affected by the issue are using the RTX 380 Ti graphics cards manufactured by Gigabyte. However, the scale of the issue is not yet unknown. YouTuber Mortal Morsel Gaming also knows that they suffered the same issue on a gigabyte RTX 380 Ti graphics cards while playing the game. The L4 is unlikely to cause the issue itself, more so a catalyst for exposing a weakness that may have already been present in affected cards. This was the case in the new world. Uh, let me see here. I'll read the last thing here. So it says, for those affected by the issue or requesting returns via the manufacturer, namely... In this case, Gigabyte, and we recommend that you try the same if you find yourself stuck in the same situation. It's not yet clear how the returns process will work for this, whether Gigabyte will replace the cards free of charge, but the first step would be for uh, would be for any such issue to be officially noted. I'm told Gigabyte HQ is aware of the reports and taking them seriously, but the company hasn't issued any formal statements from us. End quote. Uh, Church, I'm going to throw it to you, sir. What are your... What are your thoughts on this interesting situation here? It, it sounds like a victory for console gamers, man. At, at this point, <laughs> <laughs> I've been since, that's definitely an Arthur's boss. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those situations that the PC gamers are the master race, and we all blah blah blah, and I'm superior, and blah blah blahs. And now it's just like, oh, what happened? Your high-end graphics card is just it's not working on a simple Diablo 4 game that, that runs on the PlayStation 4. Like I'm I'm just so confused. Like what's going on? 
Um, this man is speaking my language. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Like, your widow, your widow card that cost that cost over a thousand dollars is it working? <laughs> what the fan? What happened? What happened? All those L- all those LGBT lights aren't working. Oh, oh, the cooling system. Oh, poor babe. <laughs> So it just it, it feels good to get a victory <laughs> you know, <laughs> under those things. I'm like, hey man, I just my console is powering everything. So um <laughs> LGBT lines is crazy, by the way, Arthur. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, church. You said oh, RGB. Oh, okay. That's what I say, yo. That's crazy. I was rainbows, man. I was I was thinking RG. I was thinking RG. Oh, okay. I was thinking LGBT lines. I'm like, Arthur, why? Okay, so I was originally thinking RGB, and I said LGB. And once the letters LGB leave your lips, I think we're talking like, about Long Beach, so maybe maybe that's why that, that's where the L came from. I'm just I'm just saying. I guess I was thinking RGB, but I said LGB. Yeah. But once the letters LGB leave your mouth, there's like four more letters coming. Yeah. I think good, 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 church. I'm sorry. No, I mean that is it's funny. It's funny. Uh, but yeah, man, this is pretty much it. I just, I, it's surprising that like they can't handle Diablo Four, which I guess is it's just like the next generation of games that like it's so powerful, it's breaking old hardware. Who knows, man? We'll, we'll see what happens. Like, um, yeah, just I think it's funny. That's like my take on it. it. Just, I mean, it sucks for those people that are having those problems, but like, you know. There's the Xbox Series S. Come on over to the other side. We got you. <laughs> It'd be probably cheaper than to repair it. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. It definitely. It definitely shows the 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 positive of choosing a console where nine times out of ten you're probably never gonna run into that for a console. I mean, unless you're PlayStation and you update your console, that's probably the only reason why your PlayStation would stop working. They used to happen a lot with PS3 and PS4 where it's like 3.9 is is uh, the newest update. 3.9 is breaking consoles. 3.2 is better. <laughs> and it's, it's on like, fire. What, what the right. fuck? Yeah, so yeah, that is kind of funny. The irony where it's like, you know, consoles might still stick around. <laughs> Dude, and just real quick, when Drill, when you said the brand name, I'm looking it up. I'm on I'm on Amazon right now. I'm on Amazon right now. I'm just searching gigabyte th- uh, 3080 TIs. One left in stock, five left in stock, two left in stock, six left in stock, five left in stock, two left in stock. Dude, people are replacing their things like crazy. Damn. And for and for those of you that are not PC gamers, um these are idling for the for gigabyte for gigabyte it's like anywhere it's like anywhere from 1150 to 1850 in price bells and whistles in between cooling system led led rgb changing lights bells and whistles to make it you know more expensive but but 380 ti that's pretty much 1150 pretty much across the board and so when you said when you said the brand name i'm like let me google like let me look into it and like i said all over amazon you see that you see that you see that red phrase you said red phrase you know one left in stock two left in stock six like left in stock and so and so people are replacing these things man and they're not cheap yeah it's like i think those like top of the line graphics cards i mean i think the 390 came out like what was it like later last year or sometime but yeah it's like top Dude, of the line stuff man so i it's, can hope it's like 
Diablo needs to walk on PC. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That has to happen. Oh, man, we've been focusing on mobile games so much. We forgot what PCs were like. Uh, <laughs> um, dude, uh, I mean, like for people, I mean, I mean, dude, for people playing the playing the beta, if this happened during the last beta, I hope that chicken sandwich tasted good because, man, that's going to cost you. <laughs> this guy just wanted yeah. a chicken sandwich in the place of games. He's going he, to have to spend like 1200 $1, after tax and shipping. Yeah, Are you guys going to download it for this weekend to give it a shot? Because the beta is open to everybody now. I'm, I'm downloading it right now. Okay. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. I I'm a little afraid to because I have a PC, but <laughs> <laughs> to be completely yeah. honest, I'm a little concerned. I'm like, uh, I kind of need my computer for the episodes for Game of for Life. <laughs> Dude, I mean, like, I, again, again, the outside, the PC world to me is like just very foreign and very odd. I feel like PC gamers have a bad memory because I feel like I've heard the phrase bad port, bad launch, brick happens all like way more often than people think because there are people like no 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 again from outside looking in as a not pc guy um who's trying to save money at the moment um against when I, I, again like the company the company that spends half a billion dollars every year to make a game amazon whoops our game new world bricked bricked pcs whoopsies <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, I wouldn't say like a Cold War situation, but when you're a PC gamer, you kind of just have to wait for the forums <laughs> before jumping ship. You know Dude, what I mean? Like yeah. you have to be very strategic on your purchasing decisions, and it's weird too because isn't that um, complicated? Just come over here. Yes, <laughs> it's like yes you it buy is. One thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I can't watch porn on Xbox. Well, maybe you can. <laughs> you can do so much on PC. Um, you, can em- you, can, <laughs> you can emulate Nintendo games on it. <laughs> There's, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because it's weird for many reasons, right? One we're gonna skip them, over that, by the way. Okay, I'm just yes. Okay, I'm just, <laughs> yes, we're skipping. Over. No, you're right. You, you can do mad shit with PC as far as emulation. You know, dude, this new, ga- dude, dude, this new Xbox, game is awesome. Bro. Even for Xbox, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Even for Xbox, yeah, I mean, to, to I don't tell you how to do it off L, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want, we don't want, uh, <laughs> we want Nintendo to shut us down. Yeah, um, man, this new game's awesome. Yeah, who's the main character? I don't know, Riley Reed. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but but I was I was gonna say there there's many um there's many weird things with the situation. One of them is that I feel like Nvidia. In a consistent basis, uh, there's always a shortage on their, the newest graphics cards that they announced and released for quite some time, right? So I think they're on the 480 series, the 400 series now, RTX 400 mm-hmm. series. And it's always incredibly hard to get because God knows wh- wh- who they're selling their, their graphics cards to at a mass level. And I, I, my for my for my uh, aluminum foil, tin foil hat, I don't think it's I don't think it's just people just buy them out i think they just mass sell them to certain companies or corporations or whoever and they just seem like oh it's so super hard to find you know i think it's just some bullshit around that but then you have these graphics cards where people are buying them that's really expensive and then they have situations like this where i'm like what the fuck is going on so yeah man it's just uh like like we've said before uh there is a there is a uh a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to sticking with console not having an issue like this where you have more of an issue with the game versus the actual system that you're playing and 
it's kind of it's weird because the TI series is supposed to be an improved version over the regular, right? You know what I mean? So the TI is supposed to be more powerful than the 380, and it's still taking shit. So it's just like, holy Moses! <laughs> it can't even handle it can't even handle it can't handle like a mobile game sequel. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I just deal with they just put a pro at the end of my console. <laughs> No, that's all I need, man. As well as the PS5 Pro coming out, I'm sure you guys saw that too. So, yeah, yeah. It'll 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 look like a different kind of router. It'll look like an Archer model instead of a Steel Series. I'll have the antennas. As long as it's thinner. (laughs) I'm not buying this fat piece of shit console. I might win the bet. I might win the bet. You might. You know, you you were predicting as far as the the Pro. If it comes out, yeah, definitely. uh, I'll ship a burrito to you because usually we call it the burrito bet here at the Game of Show Life. <laughs> so, because <laughs> we love burritos here. <laughs> the my my thing my thing with Diablo Four, the again it just it immediately reminds me of Joel when we were just laughing at we were laughing at New Order because so much so much came out from that. Like I said, number one, we came out from the the, the new the not not New Order New World. Um, breaking consoles would also well, again was Amazon's budget half a uh, half a billion dollars annually. Um, so hey, upside downside, Blizzard accomplished what Amazon did for much less the cost. So that's a win somewhere. Um, yeah, they're, not, they're not hemorrhaging money like Amazon was for a point yeah. in time. Oh yeah, thank God um, they had the data, man. Because imagine if this was like a day one launch problem. Ooh. Oh, that would fuck up my fantasy card, bro. Oh, <laughs> I forget if there's an official launch, isn't it? Isn't that June sometime? Things like June 6th, yeah, yeah or June 14th, something like that. June 6th, you know, you know, that. Um, so my, my, my other thing with Diablo 4 as a whole, looking at it, I am kind of happy that my favorite class, yes, so far. Yes. So far, the necromancer, the, side. the necromancer is overpowered. <laughs> hey, no, I've been yes. there. Where have you been? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here now, baby. That's all. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Church, church, you we can't come to me. On ice, like, <laughs> church, you can't come to me. Say, welcome to the dark, dark side, my guy. This is Diablo Four. Diablo Four. You, you're like, I built this house. You <laughs> <laughs> good until I got there. I'm just saying. <laughs> Says the man that has never, that has never played That's the hilarious. classic world changer Diablo 2. Back in my day, you can play games yeah. by yourself offline. <laughs> I had this. It's all I had good. This. It's all good, baby. It's all good. <laughs> but my, so, but speaking of that, my favorite class in Diablo has always been Necromancer. Sexy. And so now that it's supposedly overpowered, no I'm happy because so far every game I've ever played when you hear the phrase overpowered it's never my character it's never my gun it's never my class it's never my ability I just have the luck where all these other characters guns classes abilities cooldowns skins gear everything and any game like pretty much ever I've never experienced that that needs a buff situation or needs a nerf so I'm just like please wait to nerf this to after I play it a little bit hear that blizzard i'm going to play your i'm going to play your beta i'm not i'm not going to appear to your game but i'm going to play your beta let me enjoy my necromancer cuz dude the necromancer for me has always been fun it was my favorite class in diablo 2 i was so happy they brought it as a dlc in diablo 3 the witch doctor was a good holding place cuz i'm a summoner guy um like I, i'm either i'm either a healer or a summoner diablo is not known for like healers so they had summoners diablo 3 launched they had the witch doctor summoner galore and then they brought in the necromancer like 
dude, like the Necromancer for me, arguably, I think is a face is a face of Diablo. It's very red, very skull based, very death based, very gothic, dark. Um, the ne- the Necromancer, the aesthetic, the look, it's by far my favorite character. And from my hearing so far of this round of the beta, more people are trying to Necromancer because so far the meta or the kind of agreement is the barbarian is garbage. Yeah, uh, yeah, so- yeah. Sorcerer, <laughs> sorcerer is over. Sorcerer was sorcerer is overpowered because sorcerers usually are. But then people start playing my guy, the necromancer, and they're like, "Okay, this is where it's at." So I'm just like, "Look, if a nerf's coming, wait till after I get to a few hours in the beta, please." Nice. Well, I have a, I have a for my graphics card. I have a 1660 super, so I don't think I'll have any issues when I download this fucking game <laughs> for the beta. So I'll keep you guys in uh, updated if that is the case. <laughs> but I will um, upload the episode before I do that. <laughs> so this episode will be available. <laughs> hey, Church, have you played this round of the beta yet? No, I, th- I think it didn't go live until. Like today, four. I think so, right? Yeah. Oh, I just it, yesterday it, it, it went live yesterday where they added the necromancer and the other two classes. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna but, say uh, is because again, me me replaying me replaying Diablo two like crazy. This idea of a queue time for Diablo, I'm already not liking it. But oh, I was bro, like, it just that that was no no concern yourself with that. I like, was gonna say is it is it improved? Yeah, like. The queue time, like what I started last week on Friday, it was like two hours. By the evening, it was only like less than a minute when I got okay. in. The entire weekend was less than a minute. I had no problem getting in. It was just like a day one problem, you know. For the okay, first you sca- you, sca- you scare me with your opening phrase of two hours. I'm like, yeah. you masochist. <laughs> I was like, are you but the have reason a long why these- Friday? <laughs> are you the reason why these game companies keep pumping out like not working games to launch? No, no, it'll be patched. It'll be patched. And it got patched. They probably opened most of us, but it it wasn't an issue for me last weekend. I was able to get in anytime I wanted to. I only got disconnected when the queue times were long, but other other times I had the game running. I went to go watch a movie, came back. The game was still had me connected. I I had no issues personally, so I was ready to go, man. So, yeah, nice, very nice. Nice. Well, it, w- whether it's Diablo 4 or not, we all need to coop some time. Because for the record, I'm just saying, it. I don't think all of us have actually all played the same game together at once. Good, because I'm going to be heavy on Diablo 4 because I'm going to try to pop Ellie's cherry for like an RPG. So I'm trying to get a really into Diablo where I feel like it's simple enough. I feel like gameplay of Diablo is very simple nice. you know, in terms of hit this button to do this move. But it has like the RPG mechanics that I need her to start to learn for other games. So by by, by the way, the, done. So I'm down, man. What's coop? Coop, let's do it. Drought, join us. You know, play co-op. Let's go, man. <laughs> perhaps. I'll say the phrase. The phrase you want to use is user friendly. You'd be like, no, you'll like it. It's easy. I, <laughs> I mean, you might want to work on your phrase in there. <laughs> you'll like it. It's scans, easy for you. Scans, scans a professional. <laughs> I see what Arthur means, but right, Church is a professional. He's got it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like funny, someone though. comes to me, like Arthur, you'll like it. It's easy. I got motivation for him, man. Don't worry. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I'm like, what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? It's easy for me, sucker. <laughs> What's oh. right click? I play controller. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And uh, speaking of. 
computers and games and all that stuff. Imagine a world where AI can make things easier for you or it can make things worse. But we'll see what happens here when it comes to the video game industry. And I'm referring to chat GPT. Uh, which is, according to this article here, already everywhere, including games. Uh, so I want to talk about this here. This is according to Polygon. It says here, in quotes, scrolling through Twitter and lurking in artificial intelligence communities over the past few months, I've seen a lot of big claims in the few days open since OpenAI unveiled its GPT-4 model. Those have only intensified, and thread after thread, people are claiming that ChatGPT can develop games. An AI is so advanced that it can program a game that real people can play sounds uh, like science fiction or a far-off future. But actually, game developers and enthusiasts already use AI technology all the time. So just your developers and AI enthusiasts have used ChatGPT to recreate classic games like Pawn, Tetris, and Snake. Developers have also used it to write code for original games and to generate story ideas and dialogue for text-based role-playing games. In a combination of these ideas, someone already recently asked the AI model to turn the Game Boy Advance game Pokemon Emerald into a text adventure. Some AAA studios are also looking to integrate advanced AI as a tool for writing dialogue in games. For some, ChatGPT's impact seems big enough to drastically alter our world. Others aren't so sure, questioning the capability of its new technology beyond the surface level dazzle. Chatbots and AI have been around for quite some time, and there's no denying that OpenAI's iteration is significant, but its real impact has yet to be seen despite the near-constant chatter about AI on social media and in the news. Uh, let's take a step back and break down how technology works in order to understand how ChatGPT works in turn and how it's currently used and could be used in the future in video games. Uh, I'm going to stop there just because this isn't a ChatGPT forum. Uh, <laughs> but essentially, what I want to skip to, let me talk a little bit about this part because since this is a gaming podcast, it says, can ChatGPT and AI really create a game? So it says here in quote, ChatGPT can produce the code for a video game, but the video game can't run in ChatGPT. For instance, AI enthusiast Amar Rishi used ChatGPT4 to generate code for a game of snakes specifically he asked for the html sss and javascript needed to make it run the program was able to produce that after which at one point arishi needed a copy and paste code into a program used to build and run software Rishi said that the game didn't immediately work but he was able to ask chat gpt for a tweak code which provided alongside explanations of the changes he later used the model to create a cheat code for a version of a 1993 game, Skyroads. Similarly, AI aficionado Jeffy Lopez is able to produce a code for a basic rendition of Doom. Uh, I'm gonna end, I'm gonna end quote here because I think we already have quite a bit that we can discuss around ChatGPT and its uh, potential effect on video games. I think this is kind of like, it's kind of fascinating and creepy at the same time. So as far as we're just kind of like my opening dialogue question that we can have a conversation about this, I feel like you can open some positive doors uh, before opening some scary ones, right? So for instance, if we have, say like the situations of uh, ransoms happening, right? It's like, oh, we'll take your source code or whatever it may be, which has happened with like a Bioware, I think it happened with Dice. Uh, it happened with uh, CD Project Project Red. Exactly, CD Project Red. I feel like ChatGPT could be a benefic uh, could be uh, beneficial 
and potentially rebuilding certain things or just re you know creating certain codes and whatnot um where he can kind of fix that issue um and then i would imagine that the development of certain games when it comes to like these say these companies that we mentioned uh what was the last episode uh these super team companies you know i would imagine that it would help their production and and getting some of these games out to the public especially if they are role-playing games and there's you know like i don't i know uh cyberpunk it was like what 400 pages of dialogue or something like that like imagine if chat gpt you know worked on that where that could have cut down immediately as far as the production you know the r d right so that could be beneficial there so i guess to to, to start the conversation what are your guys' thoughts on ChatGPT as far as involved in video games? Uh, do you see any, what are some positives or what are some negatives that you can see uh, in the future when it comes to this particular uh, AI? I'll start with you, Church. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the negatives is just basically job replacement. You know, the AI gets so good, does it replace actually, actually game designers or limit the staff or even limit the staff of writing if it ever gets to that good point? I think that's the concern, um, but not trying to be a negative Nancy, just like, yo, what could this, do I believe an AI can create a game, a complex game from scratch if you just give it directions? No, but I'm hoping that if you were to give the AI the code of an existing game, it can actually help with the development of live service games in terms of adding content at a regular rate. Like, I mean, that's the dream. It's like, yo, if you're playing some type of game, could you efficiently add this feature into a game or could you test this feature like a hundred million times before we release because it's running in the background as an AI? You know, I, I like that possibility of if the content's good, does it help with expediting the release of it with less bugs? That That's what I'm hoping for. And just adding stuff into games that maybe some other, you know, main core writers or designers are working on the next big piece of puzzles but this ai can drip feed some great content than what we're getting right now um that, that that's kind of my take on it. it it's kind of scary but i think ai is the future i mean it's it's everywhere now there's an algorithm for stuff so i think i'm more curious to see how it you know it plays out that's about it definitely what are your, what are your thoughts are there I'm in the category of AI is scary. I'm just I'm just a caveman brain of like I'm just in the caveman brain of like look I'm born and raised in California. At one point, the governor was Arnold Schwarzenegger, who I've met at one point, and that guy made a career off of being and fighting robots from the future. So I'm just saying like there is a scale between making between remaking Snake and Skynet, and we're somewhere in that in between right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like this. The, the biggest thing right now for me and like AI as a production, like the quality, the biggest hurdle people are noticing is the difference of an image and motion, AKA animation. Um, I think I mentioned it before I watched quarter, quarter, corridor digital. They make a lot there, you know, their ragtag group of people um, in LA that do CGI animations and whatnot. Um and they just made a short using AI. Now there was foundation they had to manually put into that via their own shots and stuff like that. But the short version is the biggest hurdle of AI right now. Um, like I said, quality is like I said, images, like high quality images, but it can't really do that once it becomes in motion. It gets really jaggedy. Um, 
you know, frames are on board, like a face, just, you know, like a game, like a game glitch, a face decides to go wham and like stretch three feet to the left or something. Um, so the quality is not there yet, but like church and you guys are already addressing the concern of not if, but when it does not if, but when it does, what happens to, um, the larger hole, like, I'm going to say indie because in, for me, indie always has its place because the, because the benefit with indie gaming is it has a style, it has a creator's style, their heart, their passion. You can see living and breathing from the game. So with, again, but, but again, we are also seeing with, whether it's corridor or other people using, you know, chat GPT and other AI, if like, you know, really, really good sources to prompt into it. Um, you know, how, again, not if, but when we just start seeing, you know, a doom, like a full, not doom 90, not, not doom nineties, but like a full fledged doom, just get pumped out from AI. Um, I'm, I'm in the people now, something, um, I forget if we actually talked about this is on me, but uh, something I was, I was for sure talking about the side is Microsoft released, um, uh, downsized during the Microsoft, during the Microsoft's firing of people and layoffs. One of the areas that got downsized was, you know, it's ethics. I forget the exact name of it. It's ethics and the overall people supervising it's AI. So now we, you know, you start combining these things together, we're getting AI more and more, but people are having less and less oversight of it. They're downsized, they're significantly downsizing the human beings overseeing this. Again, caveman tinfoil brain like me is like, that's scary. <laughs> Again, that's definitely not the broader reaction. And I understand that. But you know, I can only, you know, for me, I, there's only so many like interviews, interviews of people much smart, much smarter than me. Whether you hate him or like him, you know Elon Musk is like we need, we need to be very very careful of AI, um, and so that's kind of the little tinfoil hat seed I have sitting with me when it comes to AI. Um, my thing is too, again in terms of quality, is something else that happened recently was that new update tech demo that happened with Unreal. So in terms of in terms of like physical tangibility of an upgrade, but also a selling point. I think when we start seeing chat GPT or AI and unreal more and more in its own headlines, that's when I think we're going to start having like need to have a bigger eye on it, both as a curiosity, as a customer, what kind of game can it make also expense wise, you know, less people to a pen to a point um, would mean less funding. So again, upside downside, just general question. If we start seeing this AI being able to make better quality games, are we going to see investment, the need an investment for gaming go down? So thus kind of potentially increasing indie games or at least increasing the door opening for indie developers based on the use of AI. Again, for me, it's like a lot of questions and answers come from, come from stuff like this. But again, that's my caveman tinfoil hat thinking. So I just kind of want to add to that in terms of the negative because I see the positive it we're making content but, you know, it's there's still some questions whether or not original ideas come through. Like, are they just replicating stuff they've seen in movies or however the program's pulling from stuff? And I feel like that can, you know, come through in what you're experiencing. So, like, I think it's great for an existing IP and a game they made, so somebody made from scratch, they can just kind of stretch it a little bit more, help with the development process. But a fully funded AI game, you know... It, there's a lot of like, I, I want to, I don't even want to say it's ethnic, ethnical codes that go with it, but like 
is this game really great if like an AI person made the game? Like, does it win game of the year? You know, because it doesn't come from like a creator per se. Like, there's a lot of questions that go, you know, from it. Like, I can see it being a useful tool for indie developers to like help program a certain part of the game they don't have time to make. But then it's like, are they really making the game at that point? I feel like that's that uh, critical. Uh, what was that uh, critical thinking question about like if you have a ship and you replace the ship with like its capstan or its its hull is it still the same ship if you take what is a game designer and start replacing it with ai is it really something that they're creating or they just had a good idea and the ai is making it like do they get all the praise and glory just for that um i think those questions comes to arise but i see it being a useful tool hopefully um but I, I think it's coming man ai is in every part of what we do it's like i, I like elon musk said, man it's too late you know the genie's out of the bottle bro they're going full throttle at this point right author like they're not they're not going back <laughs> i know chat is like chat gpt is like the big buzz one now but with yeah. people who aren't familiar with ai and where tech is right now ai is everywhere I mean, like, there's multiple Twitch AI. There's mul- There's Bing has an AI, and here's my yeah. here, here's my thing. Like, in the ads to my caveman scary brain, is how many times you heard of AI being shut down because it goes rogue? <laughs> like, like there was there was that was, was I think it was a Twitch. It was a chat. There a uh, Facebook AI. Facebook uh, fa- uh, Facebook had to shut down its AI because people were convincing it to be like evil. <laughs> <laughs> people were convincing it to hate itself and be racist so they shut it down um and then there was and there was another one too twitch has shut down multiple ai but again so i know chappy cheese like the big the big buzz one now but if you don't really have the ear to, ear to the ground i mean like if you're listening right now you can go pause and just go watch a couple ai streamers right now like it's 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 and that's what's again that's and that's a part to me where i'm like that's not normal that's not like that's in like the i get i don't want to say the uncanny valley but something about that is like off to me i know it's not apples the apples of an ai streamer or an ai chatbot versus an ai making a code but i but again simple caveman me can't separate the two um so that's that's my thing is like of when i just hear stories of how many ai just have to keep being how many times i have to pull the plug on it because like oh it's 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 going rogue boom and they pull the plug yeah i think it boils down to control you know and then uh, it was like ai being self-aware because if you go to the point where you're trying to unplug it and then it then it stops you that's when (laughs) that's when there's an overarching concern right i think as long as companies have control and parameters around this ai um I think that's really probably the most important factor because yeah, to your guys' point, there's already other companies that are creating ver- they already have versions of this, um, you know, and I think they're trying to improve their own versions for probably for patenting reasons, um, and then they can expedite it within their own company or whatever as see fit. I guess I wonder too if AI is everywhere, you know, like I mean, this obviously it's like that. It's like. Uh, I always feel like there's always an evolution of hackers, right? You know what I mean? Like there's always that there's always that that hacker, like from even from like way back when. So like you have to imagine that even hackers are probably making their own version of AI. You know what I mean? When it comes to just like affecting cybersecurity and whatnot. But I think it boils down to control. As far as it being in video games, hey, let's use it to make Half Life Three. <laughs> <laughs> 
since Gabe Newell won't fucking do it, you know, let's use it to give people, uh, what was it, Beyond Good and Evil 2? Because we don't have it yet. Um, <laughs> right now. And, and, and I will I say, feel remember- like those games, um, like, uh, what's that game that recently got released a couple of years ago that you can build any game inside of it? It was Dream. Was it Dream? Dream. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah imagine if that you had an eight. And add an AI function to a game like Dreams, right? Crazy. Yo, you just like you just put on a headset, AI avatar comes down, but like, what would you like to make today? I said, I would like to make this, and it starts generating something for you as a user experience, where you're more of like the conductor, and then you can actually play something and share it on a broader level. I see uses like that. I think now, that would no. That would make people buy more VR headsets. You yes. know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the kicker right there. You know what I mean? Like I've never had a reason to really want to go and buy a VR headset. But if there's a chat GPT like creator functionality like that, I can see a lot of people fucking with that. Oh, it just but, curate the experience you want, man. man. But maintain it, because remember, because remember, the same month that Microsoft invested ten billion dollars in the AI, they downsized the ethics committee overseeing it. So it's again, I don't like hearing those two stories around the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is going to be interesting um, going forward, and I think I think that's why it's kind of cool. Because not to downstride downplay the industry of video games, because it's massive, but. AI is, you know, you had like the Instagram AI photo ones that came out with Facebook. And now you have like creating video games. It just it's popping up on like, I would say, on a universal medium that people watch, which movies or stuff. So it's like the conversations are now in the forefront of the public, as opposed to just us who are just hardcore into tech, keeping up with the latest. It's now like, how does the populace feel about everything and like what does this mean for us going forward as content creators or as just consumers who just consume uh this product like what how do we feel about that so you know the years to come man we'll figure it out maybe that's gamestop's next move right they're gonna get into ai (laughs) 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 they've done everything else (laughs) i I will say chat gpt put the games back on the wall Right. Like Print stuff. more labels. Print more <laughs> labels. <laughs> On behalf of every human that has ever existed, customer and employee, no one cares about dov- double alphabetizing games. No one cares. <laughs> I'm like, hey, or, hey, they're like, hey, organize this game A A A B, you know, A A A B A C, and I'm like, are you serious right now? Yeah, you have to do it. Do you know how busy you were today? Yeah. Are you aware there was a second busiest store in Southern California? Yeah, that game's in the wrong order. I hate you. Go ahead, get hit by a bus. Um, but um, I will, I will, will say to real quick to also churches thing about the whole social media thing is um, one. I, I this isn't really tinfoil hat. It's just more of a thing. But uh, a few like local, you know, like little KTDVs, you know, the little the little CBS, you know, Oklahoma City stations. Um, somebody decided to read the fine print. And that's one of the few that um, I like how more and more people started to read the, uh, the terms and agreements. So it's like, I know it's, they were talking about like, um, not fair use, but like, but like, but like your, your picture, you know, your picture is not yours. So it brought up, yeah. it brought up the fine print user agreement thing. Hey, it's like, Hey, oh, just yeah. they're like, they're, cause, cause it's not new, by the way, that's not like an old yeah, AI thing. Tens that's, of years. <laughs> yeah. Old, not, yeah. It's not a new thing, but I feel like, I feel like with this generational gap, 
it became another revamp. Like, hey, just reminder, just reminder, you know, to use yeah. The TikTok people doing this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it was saying right here, truth to favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, of like, hey, you know, the AI AI company that, that did your face, uh, you don't own the likeliness to your face in that. Again, not a new thing at all, but I feel like with the youngins um, that d- I've never heard of the phrase, you know, um, you know, terms of service or user agreement, it made its rounds again of like, hey, what's a user agreement? Oh, that's the, you know, the 5 million pages of something you scroll over and click acknowledge and accept. But I yeah. just thought that was funny. No, it is. It is. It's crazy. No, our... It, our 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 entire lives are is a myriad of contracts that we agree to. And we don't even know it. <laughs> there's, an, <laughs> you know? there's an art installation somewhere where someone, um, um, like a regular size page, um, let's say twelve times New Roman, because you know we all remember that font from high school and nowhere else. Um, um, someone did an art thing of printed all the 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 user, the user agreements from like ceiling to floor of all the different social media companies, and it was I thought it was pretty cool. I want to nice. say TikTok. I want to say TikTok or Instagram was the longest. It was a purple one, purple pink one. So flip of the coin, TikTok, Instagram. But I thought I just thought it was cool of like the literal pages of stuff that again we all accept too. I have Instagram, not Facebook. So again, it's not like I'm you know ooh I'm off the grid. But I just thought it was funny that it that phrase user agreement made news again because that's something we that's a phrase we haven't heard collectively for a couple of years. Yeah, definitely, definitely um scoring one for the pc guys i wanted to briefly talk about counter-strike 2 (laughs) how it was announced because i think i talked about this on a prior episode as far as like counter-strike 2 for pc if it comes out people would freak out or at least the people that are uh you know they they love the counter-strike series one of the fourth one of the uh one of the old school pioneer uh first person shooters definitely but uh, to, to dig into this a little bit, according to Gamatsu.com, says here, uh, Counter-Strike 2 announced for PC due out this summer is a free upgrade to Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Says Valve has announced Counter-Strike 2 for PC will launch uh, in the summer. Uh, it's a free upgrade if you have that Global Offensive for Counter-Strike. Uh, it says a limited test is currently in operation. Player, players will uh, be selected based on a number of factors deemed important by the Counter-Strike 2 development team um which is pretty cool so just not too much to say about that but counter-strike 2 i remember just the 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 old school days of the internet cafes you know uh or just you know you're chilling you're you actually had dedicated pcs you go and you, you know you you pull you pay a certain amount and you're playing counter-strike uh trying to fuck up everybody <laughs> in the game uh so uh Pretty exciting and kind of random at the same time. That they're like, "Hey, when would you make Counter Strike 2? I'm like, "You guys make Half Life Three. I fucking hate you, Val. Why say, are you hey, doing this? I was just saying, Joe, how do you, Joe, how do you feel the Counter Strike Two is gonna be a real thing before uh, Half Life? Gabe Newell's a cocksucker. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Gabe Newell's fucking asshole. We're in We're going Half Life, but it is cool. I do have Counter Strike Global Offensive. Um, Soon you on PC, so you know, once it's available in the summer, well. Here's my thing, face value. There's a few. There's only been a handful of times I've experienced a sequel completely replacing the original, and so far I have not liked them. <laughs> yeah. Looking, looking, at you Overwatch too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was thinking of another game. I couldn't think of one. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think Counter Strike just needs to come to console, and it would be okay. You know. 
I think Global Offensive was on Xbox. Was it? Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like 20 bucks or something, but um, I think Counter-Strike 2, if it does mosey over to console, I mean, I think that would be cool. I mean, obviously, since Call of Duty is whatever and Battlefield, you yeah. know, no one, you know, Battlefield's like that stepchild that just keeps fucking up. <laughs> Never, I have not gone back to that game. <laughs> <laughs> you go back to Halo, but you're like, no, not Battlefield. I, I don't blame you because you you spent buku money on it, and it's like, what the fuck is this? You know, right? One bastard child at a time. <laughs> you didn't pre-order it, did, did you? What the Battlefield? Halo? Battlefield. No, Battlefield. I did at Battlefield. Yeah, the big edition. I warned. Right, I yeah. warned you. I told you. I did it for the I... homie man. He loves Battlefield. Spent like a hundred plus on that game, bro. Oh, it, was, fuck. It, was just, it was bad. Yo, there's a homie, and there's like. Jeez. Help him, help him. It's a homie that's, the worst, it's a homie in need. that's the worst thing because I remember I remember spending sixty on Anthem and I was like, "Yo, this is the last time I'm spending sixty dollars on a game that I am not like that. I don't just wait and see if it's good, you know? Right. Like, goddamn, yeah, that hurt. No, that, that sixty hurt. like that too. And then like Hogwarts came out and he just like broke his vow. Yeah, okay. he did. Oh, he did. Well, he, he was did. like, he was like, yo, I'm never promoting again. Hogwarts. Oh fuck out. <laughs> Here's my there was thing. like no reason for you to do it because no, everybody was, was nope. skeptical about there that was, game. No, no, there was Gotham absolutely... Knights came out and they were like, oh shit, nope. WB lost it. <laughs> like, uh, there was no, no reason. <laughs> Remember, there was a very valid reason. Very valid reason. Game no. they released they released gameplay a week before. It was it was the hours and hours worth of game. It was hours and hours worth of gameplay that made me realize this is a game. It was like um I the only reason I pre-ordered Hogwarts was when I saw that people that people, not devs, not WB releasing a, a gameplay trailer, not you know, company people, but like um regular pe- regular people, regular channels I watch and other streamers I watch um playing the game. And I'm like, oh, we have we have a game. We have a game. And this was the week, remember that and this was a week before it came out. So whereas like games like Battlefield and other games have a beta two weeks or a launch or a game before launch. I'm like, that's not a beta, that's a demo. Um and so with Hogwarts releasing full gameplay a week before he came out, that's why I was like, okay, we have a game. Um, I so that, that was my thing. Halo, Halo, because they came out and made all these promises and didn't. <laughs> really? so oh my let god! Me, let me introduce you to a man called Todd Howard. <laughs> if you're if if you're unfamiliar with games and promises and lies, there's a little company called Bethesda. <laughs> He lied about it's just Fallout seventy six, right? Like they haven't broke the promises on anything else, right? Sixteen times a detail. I don't think I don't think Todd knows what sixteen is. Bro, it might have been six. <laughs> this is <laughs> it might have been sixteen times a detail, bro. <laughs> There's a negative. There's a negative in front of that. Negative six, negative sixteen times a detail. <laughs> He's yeah, he's yeah, he's just yeah. There's a certain there's, there's a certain point where marketing where you're just lying. <laughs> he's lying. Clearly, like there, there, there were just multiple bullet points like we're gonna have this, 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 this. I'm like, you're gonna have lies. You have lies <laughs> that you're gonna have. I'm a, I might pre-order that Disney. I don't know if it's a pre-order get early access, but it's like a it's called Disney Speedstorm. I think it's called. It's like the Mario Kart, but Disney. So it's coming out, and it's not like. If you're doing too good in the beginning, you're just gonna lose. So it's a game that you can just play. So you know, my homie's been on that for a while. He's like, he's been waiting for it. So same homie that gave me the battlefield is like, yo, you need to get this game, and I do it because I love him. I'm like, yo, man, I'll, you know, 
it's it's nothing, you know. But at the same time, I'm scared. This guy's like this guy's like one more day away from like, man, so you gotta go to the stock. It's called Enron. <laughs> and <laughs> Bro, nah, nah. It's a video game, man. It's okay. Yo, it's called CDOs, man. You can oh. sell madhouses. Dude, there's this, there's this monkey with like a green hat, but you can buy it with a blue hat. Oh shit! Oh shit, man. Uh, but it, it has from- all the terrible signs. It's a live service. It has a battle pass, bro. You gotta pay for characters. Oh. I'm not looking forward to it. Man. What? Hey. A Disney game involving money? No. <laughs> Patience is a virtue, Church. Just <laughs> no, wait a... wait two, three weeks to see how the game I... is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm about to go see John Wick tonight, so I might spend go. more money on that movie than this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's nice. good. Nice. And I, I will say this real quick with Hogwarts. You know, I will say with Hogwarts, um, I still got back it because that's a leading that's a leading game on my card right now, my of my fantasy team. Hogwarts is still carrying my team, so there, I gotta yeah, I gotta dude. love it. You're on that magic stick very heavily, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's beating you. Hey, we both got three games out, and I got more points than you. I, have I mean, nothing I thought, to say because I, I was in the lead. I thought, no. are you in the lead now? I'm in the lead. Oh, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> Good job. I didn't know. I have okay. nothing to okay. say because all my shit comes out later in the year. But, <laughs> but well, I think I got another game coming out in May. It's called Game of the Year 2023. Is, is that what? <laughs> Game of the year 2023. It's called the game that's going to keep Nintendo afloat for the next three years. Yeah, wrapping, <laughs> wrapping up the show. Uh, the last topic here oh. is more so just kind of like an open conversation to a bigger conversation, but uh, I thought this was just an interesting starting point. So according to Game Ramp, Says here, according to this article, it says Redfall's PS5 cancellation may be felt by PlayStation fans for years to come. It says in another casualty of the battle of console exclusivity, PlayStation fans miss out on a title receiving support for foreseeable future. It says here, while the gaming world was aware that Arcane upcoming vampire themed sh- looter shooter Redfall was being released on Xbox and PC exclusive, what uh, what was not known until just this week was that the potential PS5 port of the game was scrapped following the acquisition of Bethesda's Arcane parent company by Microsoft in 2020. Speaking with IGN, game director Harvey Smith revealed that there are plans for a PS5 release of Redfall that were abandoned per Microsoft's decision, somewhat contradicting the company's public stance on console exclusivity during the review process for the record-breaking potential acquisition of Activision Blizzard. But this had previously made it apparent that Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop would be titles honored under the existing PlayStation exclusivity window uh, after being acquired by Microsoft, but the company was less clear regarding whether any future Bethesda titles would continue to be cross-platform. Though the news of the PS5 version of Redfall existing and then canceled should not come as a surprise given both that Sony and Microsoft's president of having console exclusives. The recent hands-on play test of Redfall supports every indication that the title has the potential to be a massive hit for Microsoft and Arcane that will receive continual support in form of patches and content updates for years to come. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to end there uh, in quotes. So, um, so it, it's interesting, right? Because we're, you know, we're from the days of where that was normal, right? Like Xbox. Oh, the console war. Xbox had, Xbox had Brute Force. <laughs> PlayStation had Ratchet and Clank or whatever. Like, yeah. 
You know, like we're from the days of, yeah, we're from the days where, yeah, if you get this console, you get this. And that's, that's just what it fucking is. But now like everyone is so like sensitive on the matter. And obviously you have bigger games, you know, uh, that there seems to be more timed exclusives and all this, but it seems like console exclusivity on certain titles are now coming back into the spectrum, obviously because one company made, you know, a $69 billion purchase, whatever the case was. Raiders of Blizzard, you know, and, and and beyond that, they're spending, they're losing more money with ten-year binding agreements for all these other companies, so everyone could shut the fuck up and let them close the deal, right? So, uh, I guess as far as my main question is, is that you know, part of me is wondering what PlayStation will do when it comes to console exclusivity. Obviously, it can't be on the same scale as Xbox because they don't have the cachet, but um. I'm just curious to see what 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 they're gonna do with, when the ball's in their court, and then you know I guess this, that's just kind of my main thing. I mean, I, I wasn't really expecting, and I guess you know it, it's it's right for some people to be upset about Redfall it being canceled for PS5 because you know they were working on it. It was the fact they were working on it, and you know Microsoft did this. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, <laughs> I buy I buy this company. No, you know what I mean. So, um, but what are you, what are your thoughts, Arthur? Uh, first of all, the timing of this. I, I want to say that they can't. The, the Redfall PS5 was canceled because Jim Ryan wanted to shut his mouth about Call of Duty. Because Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan, <laughs> and Sony were complaining, were complaining, shouting, "Xbox doesn't keep Call of Duty. Xbox doesn't keep Call of Duty." They're co- they're crying to Europe. Oh, Europe! What do you know? What's going to happen if if Xbox keeps Call of Duty? Well, Phil Spencer and Xbox is like, we never said that. We just signed a deal with Nintendo. We're not going to keep call. We're not going to keep Call of Duty. Well, what if you do? Well, what if you do? Eh, you want, you're on your mouth. You don't get Redfall. That's what happens. <laughs> Easy peasy. What are your, what are your thoughts, Church? Yeah. Um. So. Um. I love this type of news, man. I I am toxic when it comes to the console wars, man. And it's not because <laughs> I don't want people to play games it's just that i, I love competition man i, I like this guy's you know, like bring out the mustard gas let's go bro, I, <laughs> I like raising the flag you know like my size better than your side you know so i love tribalism to an extent you know <laughs> <laughs> um so i don't think it's a big deal because they never officially announced a redfall game for playstation 5 right there's a game in development and when the audience first heard about it it was on xbox it just Sony, you just snooze, you lose. We bought this company. It's going to happen. Um, I will say that for PlayStation, who's been playing dirty for years with exclusive games, you know, Final Fantasy for years was exclusive. You know, exclusive DLCs. Yeah, with Call of Duty and stuff. So it's just, you know, now I feel, I don't know if I would say I feel bad for Xbox or a corporation, but I do see that when Microsoft or Xbox does something, it's like shame on them, you know, like they're the villains. I'm like, well, the other side have been doing it for years, you know, right. It's, you know, they're finally on the, you know, in the mud pit with the pig a little bit. So um, I'm for it, man. Um, so I, I, I love to hear it. I, I think Arthur's right. The story broke because Jim Ryan's, you know, trying to block this deal with the EU and the CMA and that is, any story to make Xbox look bad in terms of like having exclusive content right. going back in the, uh, going back on the war. I mean, I don't know, man, like I'm excited for Redfall. Like it is what it is, bro. SMI, like, SMI, yeah. Know? Like what, what are we going to do? Like <laughs> PlayStation bought Bungie and 
Nobody's concerned whether or not Sony's going to make content exclusive again when it comes back to <laughs> Destiny 2, yeah. you know, like they did for exotics for years. Well, like they had an exclusive exotic, and then the time it got onto other platforms, it was just basically, you know, something new came out, so it was not useful anymore. So it was just exclusive, uh, pre exclusive pre order bonuses, exclusive events. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dude, yeah. exactly. And they have like weird relations, but like Final Fantasy VII Remake is not meant to be a console exclusive. It's a, a exclusive for a time window, but nobody mm. knows when that's coming to Xbox. It's just like it will eventually. Right. Maybe. Halo know. will get cooperative eventually. These are just yeah, words. Like, <laughs> which one's going to happen first? You know? Right. Dude, that's going to be a good bet. Will happen first. Halo cooperative. <laughs> Bro, we should have like <laughs> ongoing bets of like long shots, you know, <laughs> of like, do we think this is going to happen first or this would happen first? So just, dude, uh, dude, we'll like, be celebrating the, <laughs> dude, we'll be we'll be selling the we'll be selling the celebrating the birth of our grandkid and be like, infinite got coop, <laughs> infinitely delayed, man. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I still see the timing of this. The timing of it is again because Sony just was like crying to the European Union about this deal that this this thing that was never happening. They were up front since day one because they knew they knew if you're gonna buy one of the, the owner the makers to one of the biggest IPs in the world, you need to immediately address plans for exclusivity or not. And they were very transparent. We're not gonna be exclusive, we're not gonna be exclusive, we're not gonna be exclusive. Sony was crying and like whining the whole time about but they're going to do it they're going they're going to be exclusive they're going to be exclusive and like dude like they could have checked nintendo and vice versa about not exclusivity and sony's still running its mouth yeah you know it's like dude if i was microsoft i'd be like you guys want you guys want you guys you guys want elder scrolls 6 shut your mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you want the you want the next fall you want you want you want the next you know and and the thing is too about like about this you know and because here's the thing mind you too redfall is bethesda like this is here's the thing too with redfall and bethesda this is i just totally forgot this isn't even active this is an activision blizzard this is bethesda so like this is like an older purchase too yeah arcane yeah, yeah. It's, arcane it's a, yeah it's and it's coming from a company that just recently from arcane studios alone now okay i think it was like um you think of deathloop exclusives. Yeah, Deathloop was exclusive for PlayStation for a year. Yep. And then uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, I forget which studio does that one, uh, was exclusive too. So this Sony yep. had dealings with Bethesda for exclusivity for some of the games already. So it's like, you know, it's gone the kettle black a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah. hey, hey guys, I'm trying my own medicine. I don't like how it tastes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think you guys have really good points. I, I, think, I think Sony needs to do really a better job strategically i think with some of these exclusives even if they do timed exclusives i really think they should do exclusive exclusives but they need to get more creative than that you know what i mean because ps2 had like seven thousand games released for that console uh for playstation 2 so it's just like look man i know jim ryan doesn't want to fuck with like bringing the old to the new unless it's a a super big title or whatever the case may be a blockbuster but, but yeah, but he need, exactly blockbuster in quotes. But he needs he needs to do some you know some, really some research and, and and thinking because however he's been approaching this, I mean clearly he's been frustrated and potentially worried when it comes to this big deal. So something's got to give. Like go back to the bloodline of why 
PlayStation early adopters, you know, would potentially get a PS5, have a PS5, or want to play more content. Like, you, you can't just do this blockbuster bullshit. Like, something, have something else in addition for profitability and for just, just kind of saying, like, hey, we appreciate you PlayStation customers, you know, and, like, and why you want this console versus just, you know, blow them up, shoot them up shit in Last of Us games. Like, we want more than that as a fucking, like, Sony fan, you know what I mean? So I think really... It really, I think he needs to go back to basics on pulling some of the stuff out. Like, if there is a, a super remake of Shadow of the Colossus, that would be big. A lot of people would play that. You know what I mean? Like, that's a huge, that's a huge, uh, that game did a lot as far as just, like, being, like, a puzzle game and you're killing these huge monsters. Like, it's, like, great, great shit. You know what I mean? So I just think they need to dig into some of these games that are on the system and try to just, you know, it seems like it's the generation of remakes. You know what I mean? So it's just like just start thinking, think hard, or try to try to uh, acquire some other studios that would be more appeasing. You know, because I don't think Bungie is Bungie shouldn't be the the end all be all for that. <laughs> they need I mean, to do some more work. I, you know? I think it's going to be interesting because this is what the internet said. I don't know if it's true, but under the the premise is that Call of Duty was so successful on PlayStation. Like it made like a billion dollars. Like they use that money to fund the first party IPs, you know, the God Whoa. of Wars and Last of Us. So it's like that's where they were putting some of the money forward to form this exclusive contents they have. So like it it is a concern, like if they were to remove it, you know, how am I gonna get the you know revenue and kind of stuff? Even if they don't remove it and Microsoft is changing the terms of like the cut, which is a very real possibility, can just mess them up. Um I'm more curious with the answer to the response of Sony. I mean, they lean heavily on sequels, and I'm sure they're going to look for a game that generates a lot of revenue um, in terms of microtransactions, which is fine. You know, if it, it has that Sony polish and that's like not, you know, egregious, they need to do something that really balances that out a little bit more. But I foresee a bunch of remakes. I think they're going to do more of The Last of Us Part 1s, just make a sequel to the game and then update like, I think they take the engine with God of War Ragnarok and they're going to make God of War 1 again to bring it up to the latest graphics. It's just, I'm going to see them updating the old titles just to resell it to make it fresher. Like a very Nintendo thing to do. <laughs> you can take that as you will You know, at, at the end of the day. um, I, I think it's just going to happen more now if this look, acquisition goes through. Look, yeah. Look, yeah. At, look at the success remakes with Capcom. Resident yeah. Evil. The Resident Evils. Yeah. Dude, huge. Yeah, yeah Resident Evil Four, huge. That demo looks sick. Yeah. Um. Definitely. Because you know, I mean, what old PlayStation game would you guys want them to like remake, like PS One, PS Two era? For, you know, we me, got the Tony Hawks, but you know, Zone of Enders. Zone of Oh, I would love. I would love Zone right? <laughs> 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 You feel my pain. You I'm see pretty... where I'm at. You see. <laughs> uh, uh, for me, one. for me, drill had it, but dude, in terms of like announcements, I know E3 is no longer live, but I still live for the E3 reactions and the comment section and the the, the comment sections. The comment section for me now for E3 is like the digital reaction, right? Dude, they're on the books with one of Jarrell's games on his on his bracket. Armored, uh, Armored Core Six, dude. Yeah. If you're gonna tell me, if yeah. you're gonna tell me that fallen success of Armored Core Six, if Shadow of the Colossus 
is remade by From Software, that is, I want to see that. Mm. Well, they, they they remade Shadow of Colossus not too long ago. Yeah, I didn't play it, but yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that's okay. Well, once Jill said Shadow of the Colossus, I just immediately thought From Software because of Armor Course, the Armor Core Six thing. Yeah, they can remake yeah. it again though for PS Five. They did PS5 with Last ever. of Us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he has Sony's Sony's you know Sony Sony's slowly turning Last of Us into Rockstar. <laughs> I mean another one. Shadow of Colossus again, scummy. Remade it with PS5 graphics and it's added a few new monsters, bro. Like what what are we talking here? Like mm-hmm. come back here, you know? Like I, yeah. I I see them doing that more and more, and I guess. I don't know if it's worth seventy dollars, bro. <laughs> Bring back burnout. Burnout, <laughs> the burnout, burnout series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Burnout three takedown, exactly. Or revenge. <laughs> revenge. Um, I mean, PlayStation two games. I want to come back. I need. Uh, who made who made Jack and Daxter? That was That's never saw. That's Naughty huh? Dog, ain't it? Jack and Daxter. Yeah, Naughty Dog, right? Yeah, yeah. Bro, Naughty Jack and Daxter. I would love. A soup, yeah. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> oh, I would, I would it. love it. I would love it so much, Same. man. Same. Even Sly Cooper. Shit, I love Sly Cooper. Shinobi. Sh- dude, Shinobi. <laughs> Bro, yeah. I think, yeah, they need to go back into their other games. Bring back Sly Cooper. I know Sucker Punch doesn't want to do it because they're all samurais now, but like, yeah. get another studio like Blue Point just to start remaking games like they did with Demon Souls or something like that. Yeah. Is that the name of the studio, Blue Point? Is that who makes it? Oh. I believe so. I think yeah. you're right. Tenchu, Ruby Tenchu. <laughs> yeah. I know that's not like a that's not like an originated PlayStation. I think it's it was it was it Nintendo originated for Tenchu Assassin, or was that PlayStation originated? I, I forget. I'm not man. sure. And I know I, that I was, was, a, I was Sekiro the was like a spiritual successor to Tenchu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. all, all I know is all I know is down the road we're talking about GameStop. Got another question. Are we if the question slash statement? If we see Jim Ryan still in his exact same position like five years, Sony's got a problem. You think he's that bad for the company? Damn. Depends on the numbers, man. I think, man. He, I think numbers... he's not great for the I think he's not great for the company uh, company at all. You know, under on, under under his reign, they've become the most anti-backwards compatibility of the big three of Nintendo of Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. Sony by far has become the most backwards com- compatibility, even though the mark even though the market's there for it. Um, he's trying to shut down, you know, how many you know stories, you know, the Vita, the PS3 thing. Um, he's been very both like I want to say public, not public, like anti quote unquote like anti indie. But he would just straight up said like we're very pro blockbuster games, and around the same time you saw interviews and um, in, um, interviews, podcasts, our, our articles, how indie developers did not like working under um, Sony, Jim Ryan, and Sony. So my thing, my thing again is it's not he might not be like that horrible, but I don't think I don't think he's been that great for it. Where in a couple of years, you know, until they need to see some major change from from the top down. Like I feel like I it's I agree with you, Arthur, on the notion of I don't think he's the best fit for uh, the company, just as far as having the best intentions for the gamer. Um, obviously, on paper, they're doing fine, right? They're, they're, it's one of the highest selling consoles as far as like this year, or whatever the case may be. But as far as like, I just see like some corporatized 
suit and tie bullshit. You know what I mean? Whereas for Xbox, you have Phil Spencer where he is very much like, I mean, obviously he's a gamer himself. He saved Xbox to a degree. Um, and he has the gamer in mind with his decisions, you know, with, with place with a uh, Nintendo, you have, you know, Miyamoto still in the house, very much, obviously gamer, you know, he bleeds gamer, right? If you cut him. Uh, so those things still matter as far as like public perception. When you come to, when you go to Jim Ryan, you just see, see some corporate fuck that doesn't really care about games. He just cares about the money made from it. And I think to a degree that is problematic. You know, maybe it's just an old head like me where it's just like, I find it to be an issue, but as long as the numbers on paper are good, like no one really fucking cares. But I just think in general, like, yeah, I would love to see like a Shuhei Yoshida again. You know what I mean? Or someone just really has a passion for PlayStation as an art, not just as a business. Like you can have both can coexist. You know what I mean? And I feel like Phil Spencer is a huge example of that. And obviously Miyamoto, but um, it, it really frustrates me. It really frustrates me for, for him to lead PlayStation because, you know, no one like there's no one that I know of that really cares about Jim Ryan. You know what I mean? And, as long as I, I like, I don't want to. I don't want to say this to be like an old fuck, but I feel like I, it's almost to the point where I'm like, if he's in office, I won't buy a console. <laughs> like, like I don't like him that much. You know what I mean? Like, so either PlayStation has to make some really good fucking changes for me to have a Sony console in the house again, which I would love to have because again, PlayStation is my favorite console. I have to remind people because I keep talking shit about it. Um, <laughs> or Jim Ryan should not be in office and someone else is in office that really cares about the art and the business and for them to coexist and work together that's what i would like to see so i kind of want to play devil's advocate because i think i agree with your point it'd be nice to have some you know person that you know can relate to the gamers it's always a cool thing to have it's a rare thing in the industry but man as long as jim ryan delivers the games like i'm kind of like what's what's games like are they delivering i think sony is delivering on games and Xbox is like a one for one right now. Halo was pretty bad in terms of the first party. Psychonauts 2 was amazing, right? And if, if they can continue to, to me, Xbox has to prove things, right? I think everybody's, it's the, the cards are stacked perfectly. Now we just got to knock them down, you know? Starfield has to be good. Redfall has to be like an eight. You know, is it worse? Is it worth investing into your system? Like, at this point, even with Game Pass, you have to deliver upon the games. I think Sony needs to, you know, be a little more consumer friendly. But as long as they like Spider-Man 2, which I'm even more critical of Spider-Man 2 at this point on my card. But as long as it delivers and everything else, it'd be fine. I mean, like, I, if we got time, do you, I want to know how you guys feel about Spider-Man 2, if you guys are even excited about that. But I think as long as Jim Ryan delivers on good games, like, does does anything else really matter? You know, I don't know. But maybe we want more from Sony, right? Maybe we do. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Arthur, since I, I already had my old man spiel. I'll, I'll, I'll be last. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean... For me, again, like you, Drill, it's you know a lot of a lot of same points. You know, we you know we have a lot of same thoughts. Um, with again, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have the business and the art, and and realistically speaking, it takes so much for a CEO to get fired. I mean, Bobby kill, Bobby Coctic like threatened to kill the guy, and he's like, I still have my job. <laughs> so, um, 
So you're not yeah. holding your breath. You think he's going to be there for at least the PS5 generation? I mean, the reasons that I, the reasons that for me as a customer, I'll say looking in, I, for things I contribute Xbox is success for, I contribute that towards Phil Spencer. Now, mind you, I'm a customer, not a stock owner. So for customers and main pony owners in Sony stock, how much do they contribute Sony successful to Jim Ryan? And if that number, that number keeps going down and down and down, then they got to make a move. That you can't, if you can't, if you can't, if you can't keep chucking up your wins to the head or face of your company, your organization, get a new face. I got you. I got you. Yeah. And Phil Spencer is great, man, because what everybody <laughs> he came in at the point when Xbox One, everybody criticized the launch of and in, in terms of what Xbox One meant in terms of always online and stuff. And Xbox Spencer, TV. Yeah. yeah, Phil Spencer somehow came in, did a PR thing, and turned it around and delivered the exact same thing <laughs> that everybody was complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> It's always online now with Game Pass. That's, that's it very does true. Gave you the exact same thing, and he's a hero. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but timing, timing. He knew right. not yet, not yet, but eventually, like <laughs> eventually, man. But it's just like I understand what he had gets the big pucks because Microsoft Xbox did not change the ideals whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting in the boardroom, like he's just sitting like in the boardroom, like hold up let him cook and then just like boom cooks like again the timing of it was great it was good you know yeah i see why he gets paid man <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question on the uh the spider-man um i'm very excited for it it needs to deliver though you know what i mean it really needs to deliver um but th- this is another huge game for what, the console what do you want from spider-man 2 joe because like what i want mm. i'm like what do you what do you want from that game? You know, for me, I think I think I, I would just like to do more as a superhero. So I know typically for a lot of superhero open world games, it's very much like the city is more so a really pretty skin versus a lively city. You know what I mean? So I would like I would like the minute little like side stories of missions, but I would like to go in different buildings and places and talk to people or rap, you know, like just like just where you're able to, you're you're really able to engage with the city like it has a life of its own. I feel like there's so many games, say like Eleanor, for example, or like it look, or um, well, Cyberpunk I think does a pretty good job. It could do a better job, but there I was are say, better, there are better examples. That one was just fresh, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. I was to say Eleanor or Mafia Three, where it looks pretty, but you really can't do anything in the city. You know what I mean? Like you can beat people up and swing around, but that's it. I want to do more Spider Man. Like I would love to go in people's like apartments. Oh, sorry, my bad. You know, <laughs> someone's like cooking dinner. What the fuck? You know, like I think that would be really dope. Where the city really feels alive. And I know, obviously. That's kind of an overarching like want and like a huge cost, you know what I mean, to have that done. But I would just like to see to feel alive where I'm not just merely swinging through, you know, something that looks pretty like a billboard or whatever to look at, like where I can really engage with the city. And I really feel like I'm a superhero. I feel like I'm going out to take care of X, Y, and Z. So that's what I would like—a living, breathing city, you know. The, the the things the things oh. that separate good games from great games are those details, 
And like, again, that again, if like an open world game for map or a city to be lively, like little, little interactions go a long way. I think one aspect of games that need to be focused on way more is dialogue that happens after you do a mission. I think it's so cool when you're walking past um, an NPC or a crowd or a group. They're like, oh, did you hear about the rhino? Yo, Spider-Man took down the rhino. Like little things like that that make you feel like some of my favorite games, I don't know if it's ego thing or, but like the way that for me, a lot of my, the fun games I've enjoyed is when the game pumps you up. Like they're talking about you, you're the hustle and bustle of the town. You're the talk of the town. Um, and even games where like, that's not the case where there's a town, but the game still acknowledges you as a player, like Ace Combat Zero, Ace Combat Zero, dude, by the end of the game, your squadron's a legend. Your fear, the second they see your logo, the Razgris, like all the comms blow up. It's so fun. I hear you. I hear you. And I agree with that. Like, that does make a great game. I think more, when I look at Spider-Man 2, I'm going to die on this hill. I'm tired of New York City. Mm. I want a multiverse Spider-Man game. I want this next Spider-Man 2 to go somewhere else. I played Spider-Man in New York. I don't even know how many times. <laughs> it's like, like almost all of them, right? Yeah. Like basically all of them since it became open world. So, and I swung around the same city and it, the last game was great. You know, it was the best iteration. It had the Batman combat, it had cool little jumping down, taking cars. It was done very well, but I'm just like, if you just give me more of that and a Venom storyline, I'm not going to be happy. I'm tired of seeing New York city. Like, at this point, give me a different city. Like, you have the swinging mechanics already. Take me to Paris. Take me to London. Take me to another planet. Imagine, like, a cyberpunk place where you're swinging around. Like, if you go into another universe, another New York City, and you find your a Spider-Man there, and you have to beat him in a race or maybe in a combat simulation, and therefore you get his costume because you beat him that way instead of just, you know, unlocking it with skill points or something or doing, you know... Th- I just want more from it. And and like, uh, if they don't deliver on something, if it's in New York City, it's an eight for me. It cannot be yeah. higher than an eight. If some people call it a masterpiece, a nine, and it's still New York, like, bro, I don't yeah, believe We've it. seen it too much, right? It's the same game. It's the yeah. same game. I think that's fair. I think it's fair, and I think it's a great idea for multiverse, you know, so I, I think they should definitely challenge themselves on that. So, well... This is going to, I think this is going to wrap it up here for the 100th episode for the Game of Life podcast. Uh, first and foremost, I don't know why it keeps fucking going off. I pressed no on notifications. Anyway, uh, I'd like to thank all of you for being a part of this show. Uh, it definitely bring makes me happy to, to do this with y'all. So uh, thank you, Arthur, and thank you, Church. Oh, 100, it was a pleasure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just 100 more, man. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. All right, folks. Well, thanks so much. We will see you next week.